episode 202 of the HHH Racing Podcast is brought to you by the Adelphi Racing Club, Hawthorne Racecourse, Hawthorne Racecourse, Chicago's hometown track, and Stable Duel Fantasy Horse Racing Game. You've picked your power forward. Your all-star receiver keeps scoring. Now it's time to race across the finish line and put even more points on the board. Download the Stable Duel app and get in on the thrill of horse racing. Choose your horses, your jockeys, your track, and win thousands in daily games competing against other players. Move up the annual leaderboard and bring home real cash prizes daily. Get in the game with Stable Duel. Play. Race. Win. And now let's start episode 202 of the HHH Racing Podcast. Good evening and welcome to the HHH Racing Podcast, episode 202, our Breeders' Cup Championship Saturday Preview Blowout Special. I'm your proud host, Howard Kravitz. Thanks so much for joining us tonight. Do we have an incredible show for you? I can't wait to talk about Breeders' Cup Saturday. Please make sure you hit that subscribe button. First of all, subscriptions have been exploding. We really appreciate your support. After you do that, Hit that notification bell, which will tell you when new content will arise. And then also smash that like button, that thumbs up button. That basically will just tell anyone who watches YouTube to check out the HHH Racing Podcast because of the quality of the show. Of course, you can follow me on Twitter on my name tag, at H Kravitz. And if you're a fan of the show and the Breeders' Cup, you're going to want to follow me on Twitter. I've got a bunch of new followers. I'm going to be sending out pictures videos from Keeneland. I think most of you know by now I will be at Keeneland. I'm leaving tomorrow. I cannot wait. I'm going to have a lot of exciting information for you out there on Twitter. Uh, pictures from the paddock, reports, pre-race information, etc. And of course, you can reach me by email at the bottom of the screen, hkravitzhorse at gmail.com. And also on the bottom of the scroll right there, Monday is our last official Breeders' Cup show. It'll be a recap and reaction show this Monday. 7 p.m. Eastern, so check us out there. Of course, you can listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Anchor. We really appreciate your support on those listening platforms if you cannot watch us. Power Picks. Now, I want to be very clear. Um, just so I know we got people backstage listening. Like five minutes ago, I got three more subscribers. We got three more subscribers for the Power Picks. It's crazy. Power Picks are only $16 for the entire month, which means it's 4 bucks a weekend. Which means if you subscribe right now, you'll get our entire multi, multi-page Breeders' Cup blowout editions for Friday and Saturday for $4. That's it. We don't upcharge here. We're not going to charge you $30, $70, $100 like you see with other outlets online. We're not going to do that to you. 4 bucks. That's it. If you want the Breeders' Cup edition, though, you're running out of time. You really need to sign up tonight or i'd say tomorrow by i say the very latest noon 
Eastern time Thursday, uh, because once I'm, I'm traveling tomorrow and frankly this weekend, it's going to be hard for me to you know get out a lot of administrative information. I want to enjoy the weekend. It's just going to be too difficult. So if you do want our picks for the Breeders' Cup specifically, uh, which will give you a full month of picks, by the way, uh, please sign up. The information is below the video player. You can see it on the screen. It's through Patreon. What do we have on these picks? Spot plays, price plays, full race um, preview. Every race that we have, uh, we're going to cover like a glove. All of our hosts are involved. We're going to give you ABC grids from myself, Pete, Paul, and Kyle. I'm going to give some horizontal plays, deep dives. It's a tremendous, and it's $4. You're not going to get a better value. Check out our power picks, especially for this weekend. But you really need to sign up extremely soon. If you're watching this at replay, again, Thursday noon Eastern is probably about as late as we can go to get those power picks out uh, to you. We also have a great website, hhhracingpodcast.com. Uh, check that out. All right. I think that is all the promos I want to discuss. Let's bring on uh, two guys who, I mean, I can't say enough good things about these two. So but I, I want to say it to their face. So let me go ahead and bring them on. My two loyal co-hosts who have done a crap ton of work, especially these last few weeks, from the Saratoga Special, Mr. Paul Halloran. And from Maryland, <laughs> from Maryland, Pete Visco. I thought, oh, I oh, thought there was no sleep, Paul. I thought it was oh. no sleep till Breeders' Cup. We're not there yet. We're not there yet. Jesus. Stay awake. Oh, as someone, as Guys, someone would say, doing? Howard, if I if I did this much work in college, I would have had a much better GPA. <laughs> uh, that's a labor of love, right? Guys, first oh, of all, before, the best. Before we bring on, before we bring on my co-host, I got something I want to say. Or I'm sorry, my uh, our guest. I guess I want to say both of you. Uh, these two guys, ladies and gentlemen, have worked their butts off, especially the last two weeks. They, they, I brought them on as co-hosts officially. I think around Kentucky Derby time, guys. It's been six months already. Can you believe it? it's been six months? I did a little soul searching and reminiscing uh, today. Look back at a few things. Uh, this show has uh, increased uh, its expertise, its quality uh, dramatically because of you two. And and also shout out to Kyle Roscoe, who's been also fantastic. I just want to thank you guys publicly for all the work you've done for our friendship. You know, when you have this kind of show, there's always going to be some little you know, fights and, you know, you know, quabbles, et cetera. That's what, that's what brothers do. I love both you guys. I really appreciate everything you've done. And Paul, a lot of people who are watching may not know, but we're kindred spirits. And I really didn't think about this on, I feel guilty. I didn't really think about this until, you know, last, the last day or two, because I've just been so damn busy. But for those you who don't know, uh, Friday will mark the five-year anniversary that uh, Paul's father and my father passed away on the exact same day. It was the Saturday of Breeders' Cup at Del Mar five years ago. Uh, Paul, I'll be thinking about you this weekend. I know our fathers are going to be uh, looking down on us, wishing us uh, good luck and helping our horses uh, cross the wire, man. So I just want to say I'll be thinking about you. Love both you guys. And this is absolutely a labor of love. And uh, Paul, I'm sure the Clancy brothers pay you just handsomely. So, you know, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Crazy, right? Hey, look, it is. You, you hit the nail. And actually, Coward, but Today is the exact five-year anniversary. My dad, actually, I got the call. It was Thursday going into uh, the Bre the Del Mar oh, I'm sorry. I, Cup. I thought it was the same. Uh, and now that you mention it, it was it was November uh, exactly November second. But oh, I'm yeah, sorry. this okay. is uh, th this is uh, this is what it's all about. I mean, this yeah. is today is Christmas. Uh, tomorrow is Christmas Eve for horse players. <clears throat> you know, it's and uh, you know it's hard to explain to people. You know, 
out of our circle. You know what I mean? That other people are trying to get on with their lives this week. You know, I've been trying to get a little work done and keep the keep the clients happy, but uh, I want to make sure that all my work was turned in on time to Professor Howard because I can't get a bad grade, Pete. No, we got it. We got it. We have to stay. We have we have hard deadlines. It's like uh, I got it in. Yeah. I was in before noon today. I just want to say hey, that for the record. By the way, Howard, I, on a different note, my father's birthday is actually Friday, November fourth. Oh, wow. So his nice. birthday is always around wow. Breeders' Cup. So he's actually we've wow, had. How bizarre the, is all this? That's yeah, I mean that's that's, that's sort of well. a crazy coincidence. That's the good karma, Pete. So, uh, yeah, I, you know, and aside I from the that, fact that he loses all the time, I'm sorry, Pop, but you well, know, so I'm not sure the karma helps him all that much, but we'll stick with it. <laughs> well, anyway, guys, I, I you know, yeah. again, I appreciate all the work you've done. It's been a great journey and it's just going to keep continuing. And the subscribers have, have gone way up. I mean, everything's just been tremendous. We get people all the time join the show. Uh, guys, we got a lot uh, to talk about and, and we got nine races to cover. Uh, I want to jump right in it. And, and, We've got a guy coming on. He's been one of my favorite guests. And I, I got a lot of texts, by the way, and, and emails after Chad Shexnader has been on our show twice already. Said, you guys got to bring Chad back on. He's a great guy. He's got strong opinions. He brings it. So without further ado, guys, to help us through this championship Saturday card, let's bring him on from the Fairgrounds podcast, a great guy, an excellent handicapper, Mr. Chad Shexnader. Chad, how you doing, buddy? Okay, guys, how are y'all doing, man? Good to see everybody again. Appreciate those hey, Chad. Uh, power, power Welcome, picks. Chad. Strong. Welcome again. Oh, there you go. There you go. Thanks, Hold Chad. On. How's everything going hey. in, in NOLA, man? What's up in NOLA? Everything's good, man. Everything's good. Been a dry season. I don't know if you saw. We got fairgrounds starting on November 18th, I think. 18th or 19th, that Friday. Yeah. I went out to the track yesterday morning, watched some workouts yesterday morning. So, um oh. There we go. Sorry about that. That's all right. <laughs> Workout. Uh, we watched some workouts yesterday morning, so we got some horses on the backside getting ready. Um, we'll see how it goes. It should be a fun meet, though. Oh no, it's it's a meet. By the way, if there's another wrong button press, guys, I, I'm running on fumes. I mean, I, I don't want to make excuses, but <laughs> I'm gonna do the best I can tonight. Sorry about that little faux pas there. Uh, yeah, fairgrounds starts soon. They they increase purses. I see. It's gonna be a great meet. We'll we'll talk about it later, but it's gonna be a great meet, mm -hmm. right, Jeff? No, it should be. Definitely. Love. Looking forward to the same teams coming back uh, for the second year in a row. Kevin Kilroy, Joe Christofek, John Dooley. So we haven't had that kind of continuity every year after year, but they're starting to build that up on the uh, on the racing side. So that's a good thing. Beautiful. Uh, anyone anyone listening, we want you to comment in the chat. We've had incredible viewership. Uh, Pete, Paul, and, um, and Chad, how about this? This is our seventh Breeders' Cup show for this year. The seven shows. Wow. A few I've done on my own. A lot of them with Pete and Paul. We're going to have close to 12 hours, Chad, of Breeders' Cup coverage on this podcast <laughs> alone. <laughs> and when it's all said and done, guys, we're going to have close to 20,000 views with all of our sh uh, spread across all of our shows. Uh, that, that ain't no Fairgrounds podcast, but we do our best here. Well, um, man, I hope but, one year, hopefully, Fairgrounds – I don't know how they would do it, but if Keeneland can do it, I hope that Breeders' Cup would come to Fairgrounds one year. Oh, that'd be pretty cool. Uh, but, again, we the support's been tremendous. We really appreciate everyone that's been – and, Chad, there's a lot of choices out there. Last thing I'm going to say. People got – I mean, there is paralysis by analysis, right, guys? I mean, no people can listen to a thousand podcasts. Everyone's – you know, everyone's got the winning horse. Listen, I would, pick and choose your spots, everyone. I'm glad you're joining us tonight or – or you're watching us as a replay or listening as a replay, pick your spots. I'd like to believe we're the one of the best podcasts out there on YouTube. We give tremendous information, and we really appreciate uh, all the support. Jeff Moore, 
Wow, from resort. He's already there, Paul, warming up. This, I'm, warming coming, up the I'm coming for him tomorrow. <laughs> all right. Very good. Uh, guys, let, let's let's go ahead and get started here. We're going to jump right in. We're going to talk about all nine races. These are just the nine races on Saturday, and it's going to start race three. The weather, <laughs> I, I've looked at the weather, guys. I'm sure it's going to be fine, but they, they are a chance of rain now Saturday. I don't know. Who the hell knows, Paul? It's not, it never rains there. It is we don't worry windy. about weather. No it, weather. It is going to be very windy. I've talked about the wind before. I don't know if it's going to play or not, but it is going to be very windy. There's like gusts up to 30 miles per hour on Saturday. So I just wanted to bring it out there. But the weather's been good there this week. The turf's going to be, I don't know about firm, but you know, be a solid good, I would say. It's going to be fair for everyone. No, no real excuses that I can see. Let me go ahead and bring up, guys, uh, the first race that we're going to talk about and i'll bring up our uh let me hit a few buttons here let me take this banner off there we go and i'm going to make go full screen and then i'll bring up our picks on the bottom of the screen uh most of you know the drill if you watch the show you're going to see picks on the bottom of the screen none of our uh guests uh, co sorry co-hosts and guests have seen these until right now oh there they are Whoop, hold on a second. i didn't do the ticker hold on I told you guys there might be a few issues here tonight. <laughs> All right. I, it wasn't – we didn't get the ticker going. There we go. That's going to happen for the first few uh, banners, by the way, but I'll switch it. Boy, Race Howard, three. Look at that. Look at this, Howard. What's that? Howard785. Pete! Look at this. Hold on a second. What the Pete! hell? Why do you think the hell I have you on the show all these months, man? I mean, exactly. I didn't know you were going to just start copying my picks. I mean, I know you're uh, tired, uh, but whoa, I mean, whoa, whoa, Pete, whoa, you knew whoa. who he was picking, Pete. I, whoa, I know. Walking you're, the you're, weekend. You're copying my picks. What the hell? Shoot, all right, shoot. anyway, <laughs> Chad, this is how it goes now. You know, sometimes we just don't get along. Uh, the first race, guys, is race three of the Breeders' Cup races. Philly and Mare Sprint, grade one. These are all grade ones. This is a million dollars. So, in seven furlongs on the dirt. It's a big field. You got a lot of big fields. I'm going to scroll down. You can see it right there. It goes on to 13. Moorline favorite is the number eight. Good night, Olive. Chad Brown, Irad Ortiz. Chad, you're going to be going first uh, okay. almost on every – actually, the first bunch of races, then we'll switch around. <laughs> Chad is going to go with the number four, last year's Breeders' Cup champion uh, out of Del Mar, CeCe, for Mike McCarthy, Victor Espinosa. Yeah, I, I love Cece. I mean, look, she's the champ. You got to beat the champ. Seven furlongs is her specialty. You know, ha half a $2 million, $2.3 million bankroll has been earned at seven furlong distance. I just think she's going to trip out. I think she's going to she's gonna get the pace she wants to run at. Um, you know, I, I think she's working well. She comes into this race exactly the same as she did last year. Uh, the two prior races last year were the ballerina and the Chillingsworth over at Santa Anita. She did the same exact thing this year. I think Mike McCarthy's a very good trainer. Um, you know, four to one's a decent price on her. I think she's going to trip out. I think she'll get the first run on the speed um, as they start to go. And I think she's going to hold off the, the deep closers. And um, like obligatory, she has to hold her off. I can tell you, if this race was at Churchill Downs, I'd probably have obligatory first. Um, but at Keeneland, it's a little bit different. Um, so, yeah, I got CC first, and I threw a bomb in second, Chi-Town Lady. I know she's a three-year-old facing older, but uh, with, this is Wesley Ward's playground. She's been training in, at Keeneland since early September. She's another closer. I just think there's a lot of pace in this race, and um, if it's run fair and it tracks fair, I, I think they're going to come back, and the, these closers and stalkers are going to have something to say. So I went with CC as kind of that stalker presser type. Chi-Town Lady's a closer, obligatory's a closer. Those are my top three. I'm looking for a meltdown. 
I completely agree with you from a pace perspective. And being a Chi-Town guy, it's going to be hard for me to leave Chi-Town Lady completely off my ticket. I think she'd be a nice underneath horse. My main question with CeCe, Chad, is, is she as good this year as she was last year? Well, that's a big question for sure. You know, and can she take her game, you know, from California over to Keeneland? I, I think she's going to be a little higher than four to one, to be honest with you. With Echo Zulu, I think she'll take a little more money, even though she's drawn outside. I think you get at least four to one, maybe more. Um, to me, I, I just kept looking for something in here, looking for something, and I, I was kind of saying, you know what? To be to be the champ, you got to beat the champ, right? And she's the champ right now, and they brought her back for this year for this. And you know, I, I just I think she's um, like I said, I think she'll just get the trip, and we'll see what happens. Uh, uh, thanks, Jeffrey Amster mentioned that Andy Serling also went seven eight five. Uh, everyone has different opinions of Andy. I'm I'm a big fan personally, so the fact that we have the same three makes me feel uh, pretty confident. Uh, Pete, let's go to you. Uh, well, listen, we, we got the same horses. We're thinking the same thing. Chad already mentioned obligatory. I think most people on this channel know my love for obligatory. She's one of my daughters. My only concern, Pete, with this horse, I don't know if you feel the same way. She's got one, you know, sort of bad race on the page, and it was at Keeneland. I don't know why. I don't know what happened that day. I remember betting her that day. She was the favorite. It was a much weaker race than this. She was absolutely awful. That literally is my only concern. Yeah, but I mean, that race was so bad that I, I can't imagine it was just the track. I mean, it's not like Keeneland is so crazy different that the track. I mean, look at her. I mean, you're looking at the running line right there. I mean, she just dropped back to last. It's just like this one of those days where she just didn't have it and she had nothing. So, and it was last year. I feel like her form's a lot better this year right now. So I'm not too concerned about that. If it was multiple races, maybe I'd be more concerned, but one you can forgive is just a, Hey, maybe it was just a bad day. We all have them. Maybe she did too. Yeah. And you know what I like about her? I mean, she, she's obviously a closer, but she has become more uh, tactical Pete. If you watch her this year, there's been some races guys, you know, where she's not like 10 lengths back. I do agree with Chad, though. I think she's probably a little better in Kentucky, especially at, at Churchill. But damn, Pete, there's so much speed in this race. It just sure like someone's going to have to come over the top. And I think Obligatory is the best closer. Yeah, and I mean, she's dealt with, <clears throat> you see two back there by the blue figure. She's dealt with some slow paces. So, and even the last one was just sort of moderate and she, she just couldn't get going. But I think this one, I mean, if you look at it and Chad mentioned it, I mean, if you look at the time form, there's what, six, seven hundred plus time form early pace figures in this one. See this, this race has to heat up and that's just up her alley. And the one thing I did like too, is two back. We, we talked about this last night, sort of the differences between buyer and time form, you know, time form maybe takes pace a little bit more into account the race in the better roses. She only got a 99 buyer, which I say only, which is pretty good, but she got a 125 time form, which is on par with basically everyone else all the other top contenders, if not better. So I think even the the fact that now she's going to get some pace to run into is just going to benefit yeah. her in the in the benefit her in the lane, which she just hasn't had that opportunity in some of these races. This was one of the better prep races I thought of of the year. A good night Olive wins this race, getting a perfect trip here at the seven. And you see Cece and and obligatory our two horses, Chad. We just thought are in the back of the pack. They both sort of had <clears throat> excuse me, both had excuses, I thought, a little bit. But the, the, you know, Goodnight Olive got a perfect trip. You see um, Obligatory sort of steadied right there. It was subtle. And Cece's trying to come in between horses. Um, actually, she went to the outside. But if you look at the track that day, um, I don't think you were there that day, Paul. But 
the horses come from behind took like a lot of dirt like obligatory like inexplicably he's like dropping back you know <clears throat> i think because of the track surface personally and cc's got to make this like really wide four wide move um and now obligatory gets going like sort of and then look look at obligatory get pushed all the way out to the six path yeah. look how much dirt they're taking paul it was, it was just it was a weird surface that day paul i thought I was there. It was the day after the Travers. They, they okay. moved this race back to the Sunday of uh, Travers uh, weekend. I will respectfully disagree that uh, on the trip angle. I, I thought both of them did not run well at all in that race, which is why I don't have either one of them in the okay. mix in this race. I mean, fair enough. Uh, let's talk about Midnight um, Olive. Uh, let's see. Paul, do you got – yeah, Midnight – uh, Paul, I'll let you talk about Midnight, Midnight Owl. This is my second choice, Pete's second choice. Uh, we we just saw her win that race. Um, she's really exploded. I mean, I I didn't I was really surprised when she won uh, the ballerina, but it's not as if she wasn't good before. She just hadn't done it in stakes company. She's working well. There's really not a, a, there's a hard not to not, uh, I can't even talk. There's not a lot of, to knock about this Chad Brown trainee other than i guess the obvious is she can do that again at this stage yeah well the issue with her has been physical issues you know she she debuted not till she was three and then immediately she was on the shelf for seven months and then once she came back she had two winning races and then she was on the shelf for another seven months so you know uh, chad brown is the luxury of being as patient as anyone and he was very patient with this horse but you know she ran She's five for six lifetime in good form. You know, this is one of the races that I did the capsule for, uh, Howard, for the power picks, which everyone should have. And uh, I did pick her, but I picked her second, Howard. You will note that I am in the – I am a, a lone wolf in the Echo Zulu. No one likes Echo Zulu. The Rod Babbalthinger. So the price is going to go up and up and up. I love it. Well, can, convince us. I, I thought Chad would find a way to get Echo Zulu on there because, I mean, she's raced at fairgrounds. I think she trained over fairgrounds, I believe, over the over the winter. Right, Chad? I mean, but uh, yes, Chad's saying, sorry, sorry, honey. I got to go other. I got to go somewhere else here. Uh, Paul, convince us all on Echo Zulu. Tell us why we're wrong. Well, you know, as I put in the, in the write-up, you, you know, the horse was the two-year-old champion Philly. She was the winter favorite, winter book favorite for the Oaks. You know, didn't want the – the mile and an eighth of the Oaks. Asterson gave her a big freshening and has decided to bring her back as a one-turn sprinter. And I just think that's the right move. I think she's going to be a very good one-turn sprinter. Now, as I point out, uh, she doesn't have a, a three-digit buyer, which others in here do. But uh, I mentioned it uh, last week uh, on Monday, I guess it was, Howard. The days are all running together. When we yeah. did the uh, show after the draw, I'm not really all that concerned with the far outside post at seven furlongs. I'd be much more concerned at six. Uh, I think she gets the right trip. You know, Chad makes good points. CC is tough. Um, you know, obviously obligatory is, is with the right race flow is tough. Uh, I, I think it's going to be either good night, all of getting another trip, or I, I think that, uh, Echo Zulu definitely could get the right trip from out there. And, uh, those are the two I'll be using on top. Chad, I want to finish our conversation of this race with asking you about Echo Zulu. You know this horse real well. You know the connections real well. You don't have her in the top three. Uh, why don't you piggyback off of what Paul said? Is it just the wide post? You don't think she's as good as she was 
her two-year-old year. What is it about Echo Zula that sort of, uh, you know, turns you away from this horse? They, they've been very careful with her this year. They haven't run her a lot. Um, I don't have any details as to why, why not. The post does bother me a little bit. But, Paul, I can tell you this. Watch how Marsalis runs tomorrow in the third race. She's been working with Marsalis. So he, he's a nice horse. I mean, he's a really nice friender. He's an allowance-type horse. I don't think he's got a stakes win yet. Um, but she's been working with him and, and not saying one's why I've worked the other or anything like that. Maybe those clock reports from DRF or something will, will tell yep. you that. But just to keep that in mind, not that it really means Good. a whole hell, yeah. hell, hell, hell of a lot. But, um, you know, six to one on her on the outside, I, I think that's a great price. I mean, she hasn't been close to that. I mean, two starts back in the Oaks, she was four to one. But that was, she, everybody knew she didn't want to go that far. And this has kind of been the plan to cut her back. I just don't know. How, she's still very lightly raced in this year. Only her second start since the Oaks. All that kind of means something. I, I, I don't know. I don't know if she's right. She's not right. Um, you know, Steve's not going to run her if she's not right, obviously. I just think she's in a, against some tough sprinters here, man. I mean, she's she. I'd want at least six to one to even put her on a you know a horizontal ticket. I'd like to get at least six to one, maybe a little higher on her for that. Um, you know, we'll see. We'll see how she does. I'm going to give you, Howard, I have a, a very interesting stat on three-year-olds in this race. Three-year-olds in this race are three for 38. You know, obviously, multiple three-year-olds. However, they've won three of the last four. Right. So the three-year-olds that try, including CC uh, last year. Yeah. Uh, not CC. Uh, no. Not, what CC would Gamine. Gamine won. Gamine, Gamine yeah. won it as a three-year-old. So yeah. the three-year-olds are trending in this race. So. Yeah. Huh. Um, I just want to finish by saying I, I agree with Chad. Akazu doesn't pass horses. I mean – I don't see a scenario realistically. I mean, it's horse racing. Shit, things going to happen. How is she not going to be three or four wide, number one? And number two, she's going to have to chase a lot of speed. And then, you know, I don't think she's getting the lead. Like, rate and then hold off good close. Like, I just, Chad, I just don't envision it. I don't wish any bad things upon this horse. I just, I don't see it. But we'll see. We could be wrong. Maybe Paul's going to be right. If you're a fan of Paul and Echo Zulu, I'm sure you hope that uh, we are right. All right, let's move. let's move on, guys, to the next race. Race four, it's the Breeders' Cup sprint. Uh, it, of course, they're all grade ones. This is another million-dollar race. Let me take that off the screen there. They're going uh, – sorry, it's a turf sprint. Excuse me, turf sprint, million-dollar race, five-and-a-half furlongs. We all know who's here, guys. This is just one of the most exciting horses in horse racing. Of course, it's a big field. There's the Florida bread. People forget this is a Florida bread, by the way. Golden Pal, again – Wesley Ward, there's Irad, who might have another big day on the biggest stage. Let me go ahead and switch our uh, banners over. And again, I apologize because I'm going to have to switch this and make it a scroll. There we go. There we go. And 8888. Okay. I guess we're not trying to be Golden Pal, Chad. <laughs> no, no I, I don't. I've tried to be Golden Pal, first off. Let me just say that. It didn't work out well for me. Um, He's just, I mean, I read just breaks and goes, and now you're playing on his home turf, Wesley Ward's home turf. Everything's going this horse's way. Um, I think he's right right now. I, I'm not worried about really – he got the perfect post that he likes to go from. He likes to be a little outside like that. I mean, what can you say? He loves Keeneland. I, I mean, this is, to me, this is, this is a free square. And to be honest with you, this is okay, these sprinters, but I don't even think they're as good as last year. Really? I was going to ask you about that. Well, let's, I'm gonna let's let's look at last year's field and let's talk about it just for a little bit because I actually was gonna say the other go the other way with your comment. There's there's last year's field. Go ahead and talk about it if you'd like, Chad. 
I, I mean, I, I'm not on all PPs on, on all of them, but you got two of them coming back here. I thought Fast Boat was a nice horse at a price last year. It was decent. Kamari is a nice horse, but, she, you know, obviously she wants dirt, a little more than turf. Um, full field, Santa Anita, I just – I don't know. I mean, I just don't see that much that much in his way this year, to be honest with you. And I'm not really sure about, um, you know, some of the Euros, but I did watch some of those replays, and I don't think they're going to outbreak him. So, if he breaks, he's gone. See you later. Well, Creative Force is, is – I did a very deep dive in all the Euros. I think, you know, Chad, we had a really good show here with Davey Lane covering the Euros, episode 197. For all you out there that, have, again, have not seen our Euro preview, it was episode 197 with an excellent handicapper from the UK, Davey Lane. We showed a lot of replays, Chad. We talked about a lot of horses. Um, he thought Creative Force was actually interesting. He's uh, I'm talking when I say he, I'm talking about Davey. He's not mm-hmm. concerned about the inside draw. She's been facing group uh, – excuse me, he's been facing group ones left and right. Um, he thought this was the best Euro, actually. Uh, that, and race. I picked him second. I picked him second. So yeah, you got him second. Um, I like him underneath for sure. And and then if he did, I, I'm I'm glad to hear that the inside post didn't bother. Um, you know, he likes him despite that yeah. because that was my one big concern was that inside post in a large field like this. Um, I mean, he's only two lengths off. He's only two lengths off of Kinross, who's a serious horse, Chad. So right, no. right. This this horse wants to sprint, and I think you know you got to look at everything Appleby brings over here, and ten to one's pretty juicy. Um, that, that, that was kind of my other, I wouldn't say a pick, but definitely, definitely the B, I mean, B pick for underneath. You want to quickly talk about brand one last time. This is your third choice of one at Kentucky Downs. Yeah, a brand. And I liked him. I liked him that day. I had, I bet on this horse that day and I kind of put him, I said, man, he might be tough if he gets to Keeneland and the breeders company pops up 15 to one. He, he had a really good workout, um, at Keeneland the other, uh, last week. Um, you know, has early speed. I think it's tactical can, can sit right there. This kid, Shimano, I mean, he's tough, man. I, I like this kid. He, he tries hard. He rides hard. He usually puts horses in good position to finish. Um, and I, I just like this horse's guts. I mean, she, he he runs hard, and, um, you know, he gets he gets his trip. I think, you know, for a long shot price, I like this horse underneath. Maybe Kim and, you know, Super Effect underneath Golden Palace, something like that. Um, I just like this race last time, and I think he can duplicate it with some tactical speed. He might be all right. I, I, I like your thinking there. Uh, someone's got to close, obviously. Oh, the yeah. turn back, you know, might be a little short for him, but we'll see. He's only this, he's only a four-year-old, and Sadler knows how to win races. So, Paul, you and I both have the six uh, in second, and I, and I've been listening to a lot of people about how Highfield Princess. This is sort of the glamour girl, you know, right now, especially in the sprint division uh, in Europe. She's a complete freakazoid. But again, there's just a lot of questions in this kind of race for Euro to come over. Glass slippers did it last year, though. Paul? Well, you're, the Euros are one for 16 in this race. We talked about this the other night. Yeah. If you're going to beat the Euros on turf, this is the race to do it. And uh, you know, Howard, I've been looking for a way to beat Golden Pals. <laughs> Similar to Chad. I'm with you, Chad. I've been trying. And, and I fully intended going into this race to do the same thing. But, you know, you and I talked before we came on the air, Howard. One of the issues is he... He just he he is on the gate every time. He just never misses his break, which means it's it's other than Ascot when he when I read wasn't looking. Um, <laughs> other than that, but um, it's very difficult if you know unless he does miss his break, which he doesn't do. So I, I'm proving I'm not going to be that stubborn. I, I am just going to 
go with Golden Pal as my A here. And okay. although, you know, depending on the price, Howard, um, this Highfield Princess, as you say, is very highly regarded over there. And it could be one of those races or after the race, you say, how the hell did a Euro just pay $10 in a turf race? Yeah. So we'll uh, see. We appreciate the comments from Simon O'Neill. Simon, welcome to the show. I don't think we've seen your name before. Uh, appreciate he Simon is not a big fan of horses coming back out of Champions Day, which is basically the European Breeders' Cup, you know, uh, for, for England and such in France. So um, I've seen horses come back and do just fine. I think it's very uh, situational. But Simon, your point is is taken. Pete, uh, there's really not too much to add to this race. But uh, if you like to talk about the seven, I'll talk a little bit about uh, uh, 11 and we can move on. Yeah, the only thing I was going to say about Highfield Princess is that she likes to be sort of forwardly placed. So yeah. if she does try and chase Golden Pal, then maybe where the the sort of the angle Chad's going with is sort of tossing her and, and going with some other long shots. If she tries to chase and maybe gets worn down, and it's not just not used to chasing a horse with that much speed. I think that could be that could be a play if you're looking to find some some prices underneath. Arrest me, Red. I just always like that horse. I think and I think he's at his best at five and a half furlongs, which he doesn't get to do enough. And so when he does, though, he runs really well. I mean, he's won his last he won his last two or actually he's won his last three. He's three for four. He's just good at this distance and he's a good quality horse. It's Wesley Ward again, the other, you know, the yeah. other. So the, we, how much how many times do we say that the other would it be shocking if it comes golden pal arrest me red and arrest me red has a little bit of tactical ability to not necessarily get cooked in that pace and can maybe sit off and if somebody tries to go with golden pal arrest me red can get sort of first run on them and maybe at least just clunk up for second i'm not sure he's a win candidate necessarily but if we're looking for just underneath and we all want a single golden pal then let's go for a price uh, well, you know guys go chat you know it's crazy. Keep arrest me res PPs up there for a minute. The horse is fifteen to one. Look at his PPs. Look look what his odds have been. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's a, yeah, right, Chad. I mean, he's been basically the favorite every time or second every time. choice probably in yeah. every race. Yeah, it's nuts. It's crazy. It's crazy. But that's Trump what you get on these the days. Just cup boys and girls. Right. Yeah, that's what you get on these kind of days. It's great, isn't it? Um, Simon also mentioned in the chat that Found is the only horse that's actually won out of British Champions Day. Simon, I'm assuming that's true, so thank you. I had a little bit of research. But if that's true, guys, keep that in mind when we get to modern games and horses coming, you know, the bigger two-turn turf races uh, coming out of that Champions Day. So I believe the Platinum Queen ran on Champions Day, right, at Ascot? Yes, probably so. Yeah, and was running uh, Friday, the two-year-old, right? Did she or did she run it on the – was she at Ascot or was she on the long It was Ascot, but it was, it was, they run it like on the five furlong straight. I'm, I'm pretty sure yeah. maybe you guys can look that up. But anyway. Um, I think there's a big reason for that, though, too, right? I mean, those trainers over there and those owners, they point for that race. Yeah. That's like, yeah. And then if they win or do good, they go, oh, hey, let's take a shot at the Breeders' Cup. You know? They, and they, so it's almost like a, hey, let's go have a trip to America kind of thing. And I think yeah. that kind of plays into it because that champion thing is their big goal. Yeah, Absolutely. Guys, I want to quickly talk about the 11 and Patrick Kunzel. Uh, sorry, Patrick, not not taking Go Bears Go in this race. Uh, no, no chance. Um, <laughs> let, let's not forget about Casa Creed, guys. Okay, Th- this horse, I'll, I'll go full screen with the PPs. Again, I don't know if he can win. I don't know if the pace is going to set up. What the hell has this horse done wrong this year? I, nothing. Ran great in the Jiper. I was there in person. 
so was uh, so was um, Paul. Excuse me. An unbelievable ride by say Asias to tip out and beat a Rusty Red who we just talked about. Then surprised me actually. Won the four star Dave. Okay, maybe it wasn't the best edition of the four star Dave, but went two turns. And then in the turf mile, Keeneland Annapolis won, but Annapolis got a great trip and Costa Creed was sort of wide and it was a little bit of a slower pace and ran just fine. I mean, Chad, if if this race up, oh, we lost it. Then Chad, if this race if this race falls apart. Isn't Casa Cree one of the best closers in this race? He is. I just don't know if Keeneland's his preferred surface. I, I don't know okay. if he grips. He, I don't know if he grips that ground like he grips the, that ground up in New York. Um, and it could be because it's sand-based turf course down in Kentucky, like that. Similar yeah. to what we have here at the fairgrounds. That's yeah. the only thing that scares me is that record at Keeneland. But and I think it might be just too short too. I mean, it'd have to really fall apart for him, I think, to come and come and get these guys. Yeah. And he's going to get some. Oh, he's going to get a weird trip out the eleven hole. I would think. And anyone else have a thought on Casa Creed before we move on? Yeah, I agree. Uh, I think it's too short. Uh, I think uh, the horse is ideal at six or seven. Although he did, he did win the four star Dave, uh, yeah. which I saw in living in living color. But uh, I, I think he is definitely a uh, a one turn type horse. But I, I think it's too short. I, I think it would really have to fall apart. And, and I a- think Chad's onto something. 0 for 3 is a decent size sample for, for running at one racetrack. You know where that horse would be really good at? That downhill at Santa Anita next year oh. at six furlongs. Oh, that's he a would great be six and a half. Dangerous. Yeah. Very dangerous. Six year, and a half, Chad. Even next year, better. if he's good enough next year. Uh don't don't sleep on Campanella underneath either. The again, the other, another other, right, Pete? Another war. Yeah, the other Campanella is very good. Um this is a huge class test, but would anyone be shocked if Campanella's in the money or right there at the end at like 12 to 1? I mean, absolutely not. It, guys, the bottom line is we all agree it's Golden Pal and then question mark, right? I mean, right. I, I'll, I'll end with this. I've been back and forth with Golden Pal the last three or four days. Guys, I just have a weird feeling he's not going to win. I, I know that's a – I'm just throwing it out there. I mean, I, we could talk about the race for 25 minutes, but the the 14 could be the fly in the ointment because Artemis city limits has to go has to go. And he didn't really go that hard last time. If you watch the race, I got a feeling the 14 is gunning. And I talked to uh, Chad, I talked to Paul before the show. I mean, isn't one of these days, someone just going to make golden pals life miserable. Like someone's just going to say, F it. I'm just going to go as fast as I can. Like yeah, golden I- pals really never like faced like eyeball to eyeball from start to finish. Maybe he's just that damn good though. But wouldn't that happen in a grade two for two hundred thousand instead of the Breeders' Cup for a million? I mean, you want I don't to know. You could argue the, the other way. Cup. I mean, I don't know. I don't well, know. Plus, that's easier. It's easier said than done to keep up with him because they yeah. can't break. They can't break like him. I mean, he's he's no. twenty yards out of the gate and he's four lengths up already. And you're like, how the hell did that happen? Or then you know the race is just mostly over at that point. Yeah, I mean, he's. Uh, it, it's gonna be a great. It's gonna be great to see him in person. It's the first time. Yeah, it's the first time I've seen him in person coming up this weekend, so I'm excited. All right, guys, race five. Pete, you know you got to introduce this race, and you know why, Pete, of course. Uh, race five, they're going a mile on dirt. Pete Visco, who is the sponsor of this race? Uh, the big-ass <laughs> fans, baby. We love it. We love <laughs> it. Yes. It's the big-ass fans. Dirt mile. Uh, a very a bit of a controversial race, I think it's fair to say. Some people find this race interesting and like it. 
Others completely loathe this race and wish it never existed. It gets um, treated only... like ass, Howard. <laughs> Basically, that's why it's a good name. It gets treated like ass in the public. Nobody <laughs> likes it. <laughs> well, I don't know about nobody, but there are some people who don't like it. That's for sure. Um, I always like. I think this, this this race is interesting um, every year. Frankly, I don't mind this race at all. That's just my personal opinion. There's the field there. We have a, a pretty uh, a decent favorite here. The number seven, Cody's Wish, Modern Alvarado. Chad, as I bring us on screen here and we go to your uh, top choice, we've talked about Cody's Wish on this show just because it's an unbelievable story. We're not going to get into it again, but um, Paul knows uh, the young man Cody very well. I actually interviewed him indirectly, and Paul, I'll let Paul talk about it. Um, this horse is good. He's a closer. You are going with a horse. Wow, look at this. Three of us going with – Wow, is there some cyber knife love out there tonight, Chad? I completely agree with you. I love. I know. Not only do I like the horse, I think this post is perfect in this situation. I, I really, I, I love this horse too. I think he's going to get a good trip, a good, good stalking trip. He, he's coming in raging form. I think Brad's going to have this horse um, ready to roll, and um, I, 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 I like the way he's. I just, I just like cyber knife. I've been a big fan. Um, I bet him in the Haskell. I had a future derby ticket on this horse. Um, when he was down here at the fairgrounds talking to Brad yeah, you've about seen him. him train. I don't, I, you've yeah. seen, I mean, Chad, the real, one of the reasons, great reasons why we have in this show is there aren't a lot of people that guess that we can say, I've seen these horses work mm. and train and connections. You've got some inner workings going on. Talk about what you saw, uh, in the Kentucky Derby uh, season here for uh, Cyberknife. No, he's a really good workhorse. The problem with him was earlier in the year, he was very immature. Um, you know, some of his races, Brad knows it took him a long time to come around. Um, and he really didn't start to come around until after the Kentucky Derby. And, um, you know, it's one of those things where the light switch goes on and he's a talented horse and his mind finally caught up with his talent. And you've seen what he's done the second half of this year. I mean, he hasn't done much wrong. Um, I don't hold that parks race against him in the Pennsylvania Derby. That track is a very, very weird track. And, um, you know, he didn't run a bad race that day. Tabe is an excellent horse. Um, you know, Zandon's a good three-year-old. I just think, um, man, this mile, this cutback for Brad, as soon as that race was over, I think they knew they wanted to go here. And um, I think nine to two is a very square price on him. Um, I'm not very – I, I kind of feel like you do. You think Golden Powell, you got that weird feeling he might lose. I think Cody, Cody's wish going two turns, a two-turn mile here is something he's not really used to. And I think for the price and the story and – I think the story is great, but the public latches on to that. That may drop his price a couple more points down. And um, I just think he's beatable, you know, and, and I, I like Cyberknife maybe to, for a little mild upset. Oh, he's definitely beatable. Chad, I want to bring this up. I was very uh, – Pete and Paul, I don't know if you remember this. We, we we obviously covered the Parks Derby. I was very much against Cyberknife. I know – I think Peter and Paul like Cyberknife. They say, I can't recall. Listen, I'm wrong all the time, but I have to be right about this one. I very distinctly remember, Chad – that they were sort of wishy-washy with Cyberknife going to the Pennsylvania Derby. Do you guys remember that? They're like, maybe we'll go, maybe we won't, maybe we'll rest them up for the Breeders' Cup. And I didn't like that indecision from Brad Cox. And he ran like a horse that just wasn't interested. He didn't have the same closing kick. He just there's something about him I didn't like, which is actually another reason, Chad, why I like him even more here, because you know people are gonna see that last race and and, yeah. and be a little bit dirtied up. And Simon, I'll answer that question. Thanks for bringing that up, Pete. I love this post. There's a lot of speed on the inside. Uh, uh, Pete, let's talk about it. Cause you got actually you got the seven. Uh, Paul, I'm going to go to you. Sorry, Pete. Um, no, right. There's a lot of speed on the inside here, Paul. Slow down, Andy. Not real fast, but it's the rail. He has to go. Simplification 
But this is a horse we've talked about, Paul. He's going to have to go uh, because I know Sana wanted him to go last time. Pipeline is the speed of the race. And then you got, you know, Gunite's not slow. Lord River's definitely going. Paul, I think uh, that Cyberknife's just going to tuck into a great spot. He doesn't have to have the lead. I'm not worried about the post at all, really. No, I really like this horse. And I'll tell you, if you want to look at a great race, go back and watch the Travis. Okay. This one, actually, uh, Giroux sent him to the lead from the rail. Okay. And he got passed early by Epicenter and runs second. He, he, he ends up uh, holding second and he holds off the likes of Zandon, uh, the immortal Rich Strike, uh, Artorius. <laughs> uh, Artorius, who was a, a pretty hot shot Chad horse going into that race. Early voting. Who won the yep. Preakness? Early voting went completely backwards. Uh, this horse ran huge in the Travers and in the Pennsylvania Derby. Howard, he—it wasn't his day, but you just weren't gonna. The way that track was playing that day, he had no shot yep. winning from eighth uh, in an eleven-horse field. I mean, he was just way too far behind to make any kind of impact. But you know, you're gonna watch him on the lead here now. Epicenter is gonna just take off and a lot of us to say okay I, my work here is done yeah and he just keeps going and mm-hmm. he, you know holds off i think he only held second by a nose zandon is is going to come uh flying late here but yeah he you know every reason to just pack it in here and he kept running and this is a quarter mile shorter he, this this travis will show you that he can be tactical enough to get good position because he went to the lead in that race, albeit at a mile and a quarter. So uh, I like him a lot. And and simplification underneath is perhaps my strongest opinion of the weekend. Yeah. Well, Paul, I'm going to let you get, I'm going to let you talk about simplification in a second, because I know you want to talk about him. Um, Pete, let's go to you. Cody's wish. Now, Chad brought up a, a valid point. We talked about a little bit for the post draw show about Cody maybe better going one turn. We talked about the challenger race right here, which was a great three. And I remember talking about that race on this show, Pete, because I think we both thought scalding was interesting in that race. And scalding went on to win a nice race at Keeneland that after. So scalding, are you ready? Scalding was red hot. Nope. At that time of the year. There we go. Oh, there boy. Goes, there goes our viewers. For the bad pun. Yeah, there there goes goes it's been pun. a long week, Chad. There goes no, the viewers. No, no. <laughs> Wait, why is the viewership going down? I don't yeah, know. I was going to say, they're, they're, we're down to like three viewers now. <laughs> yeah, uh, Christine, Christine and Trish, turn the lights off when you go home. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Pete, Cody's Wish is a really good horse and can, certainly can do it two turns. Yeah, definitely can. And I mean, I think the, I mean, it's hard to know, but I mean, that was a, it's not like that was a bad race going the mile in 16th. It may have been, it's not exactly his thing, but I mean, he's five for five at a mile. So whether it's, I know there's a big difference between two turns and one turns, but this, you know, the mile just hits him right for whatever reason, there is plenty of pace in here. So he should be able to, to work out a good trip. And I mean, he's just red hot. And sometimes you just have to go with a red hot horse and, and at least on the, I mean, he's not at least if nothing else, he's going to figure he's going to run his race because he always runs his race. So especially in the last what year and a half. So, or, or year plus. So he's just going to be there, whether he's the top. I mean, I told you during the week, I just thought this was a, a pure four horse race. 
and whichever one you like out of those four is is where you land. But I think they're all four of them are equally um, viable and have almost equal chances to win, in my opinion. Uh, Gary Calaroso. Uh, thanks, Gary, for joining the show. He's my kind of guy. That's a hot take. I agree. Gary, <laughs> I agree with you. Thanks, Gary. You're a new face, a uh, new name there. Thanks for joining the show. Pete, quickly talk about the six, because I think I think Laurel Rivers will be the favorite, by the way. I really think Laurelville will be the favorite in this race. I know the morning line's nine to two. Quickly talk about Laurel Laurel River, and then Paul, we'll talk about simplification and move on. Yeah, I mean, I think Laurel River is just, I mean, another one who's just finished the year. If you look at the PPs, finished the year with a monster race, winning by 11, then is off for whatever that is, 10 months, comes back. Still fire. I mean, again, we're talking about optional claimers, but still fires the way you'd want a horse to fire coming back that you think has some potential. Then goes right into the Pat O'Brien. Again, maybe not the greatest field. I know you and I like American Theorem, though, in the yeah. sprint a little bit later. Yeah. So it's not the best field, but it's a good enough field. And then pops a, you know, 108 buyer. I just think this one's red hot. It's Bafford. It's Irad. I mean, Bafford can definitely get these horses ready, especially at a, you know, especially at at a distance like this. So I I just think, again, you're just going with form, pure form, pure red hot and an improving horse who hasn't run all that much and has only gone past, you know, at seven and up three times and has won all three of them pretty convincingly. Chad, my one concern about this horse, then we'll go to Paul. This is not California tracks right i mean california tracks you want to be forwardly placed i'm not saying lower rule can't do it at keeneland and keeneland can be speed favoring at times too this is just a totally different surface uh that laurel rivers never run on and sometimes these west coast horses don't react well to it they don't but i, I mean you know been around long enough and you guys been around long enough too that california speed travels well east i mean it yeah. usually travels pretty well yeah. Uh, this is the one. This is the one race, and I know the Dirt Mile hasn't been around a long time, but it's the one race Bob Baffert hasn't won. Um, no. He's never he's never won this race before. But um, I some think people hope to... he doesn't win on Saturday either. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, it's kind of interesting though. I mean, in a Pat O'Brien, he wasn't bet. I mean, he was almost seven to one that day. Um, you know, they, they bet American Theorem, I believe, in that race, and Senior Buscador is in that race too. It's kind of weird that they didn't bet him that day. I don't know if you know. Usually, it was Baffert's. Was, you know, you put those graded stakes races in California on the on the dirt. They usually take a lot more money than seven to one. So, how high really were they in on him? I, I don't know. Um, Speaker's corner was in that one, Chad, and that's who took all the uh, money. Absolutely, even okay. which, which, yeah, and that one was flamed out that day and has been on a downward trend. But go ahead. Yeah. Right. 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 Yeah. I mean, I, you know, you can't use them all kind of thing, and I, I'm just yeah. kind of against Baffert here. Yeah. Um, Paul, I'm gonna I'm gonna let you I'm gonna switch I'm gonna actually keep it full screen. Simplification was my horse in this race until I switched to Cyber Knight. But Simplification, Paul, is the kind of horse in this race that is really sneaky. And there's a lot of things to like about him. I'm definitely using him in my horizontals for sure. Yeah, I mean I'm just just look at this year. It, it's it's hard to find a bad race, really. I mean Maybe the Florida Derby didn't come back that strong. And, you know, he, he was sitting on the pace and ran third. You know, a fourth out of 20 in the Kentucky Derby. Um, well, I guess the Preakness. Yeah, you can find a bad race with the Preakness. Um, you know, we talked the other night about the Pennsylvania Derby, uh, which I was there for. And Sino, and I didn't see this, so this is all according to reports, but Sano clearly had instructed Paco he wanted this horse on the lead. 
And as you can see by the running lines, he was not on the lead. Uh, this race, I, I think the cutback is good for this horse. I think Saez on the horse is a huge development for the way that he wants to run. And I'm going to be playing him underneath Cyberknife, but I'll certainly have a – if it comes back 2-9, I will not be without a winning ticket. <laughs> I, I just think this horse is, is in the right place at the right time. And, you know, as far as Laurel River, Howard, and then we'll, we'll move on, but yeah, I think, in my opinion, Laurel River for me is the type of horse that on Breeders' Cup weekend, you have to have opinions and understand that you can't be afraid to get beat by a damn good horse. Absolutely. I don't like this horse at all. This is a damn good horse. If this horse wins, I'm not going to be kicking and screaming. But you can't play them all, and you have to have opinions. And especially, especially on this weekend, you cannot be afraid to get beat by a good horse. And this is a good horse. I'm kind of with Pete on the uh, whoever uh, you, Howard, mentioned the California thing. Um, that race, I will say, three next out winners. So I wanted to say the O'Brien wasn't a good race, but three of them came back to win. Speaker's Corner went out there, by the way, because the Godolphin people wanted to split up him and Cody's Wish. So they were both training at Saratoga. Cody's Wish won the forego that day, and they shipped Speaker's Corner out there and obviously did not ship well. Uh, for, for those of us who played Speaker's Corner against Flightline and <laughs> it's turned out not to be exactly the right move. But yeah. uh, uh, I, 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 line, Anthony Stabile on line one. Anthony yes, Stabile. the big A. I was in the boat with the big A, and uh, there weren't any life uh, preservers in that yeah, boat. Let's, but, delete, let's delete that show from our channel, right? So we don't have to no, come let's back leave it up. I love Fly. I think Flyline was losing that race at all. Yeah, so uh, anyway, uh, that's, that's, that's my feeling on the race. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm all nine to win with the two to get back. Uh, Chad, I'm playing in the BCBC, of course, the biggest live money tournament in the country uh, uh, every year. I'm not afraid to say this, you know, on camera here. Uh, I, I'm sort of thinking Cyberknife's going to be a big lean for me. And one of the reasons, because I don't think a lot of people are going to lean on this horse on a Saturday in the BCBC. I'm not saying an all-in bet, but there's just, it, it, it just, he, he's, I think he's better than a lot of them. And it's hard for me to believe he's not going to get a great trip in this race. And I, I trust the, I, I, I trust Cox in this situation. So if I get like four to one, I, I'm going to well, be excited. And I hope he wins selfishly for me. Well, I think they allow doubles in the BCBC, right? If I remember yes, right. Yes, sir. Of course. They I do, mean, you yeah. got turf, you got two pretty wide open turf races on either side of the, of this race. And if you could, you could pop a double either way with Cyberknife into these turf races, it'd be okay. It'd be okay. <laughs> All right. Well, Howard, just don't don't blow it all on obligatory. Make sure you have some money left to play Cyberknife. Who who's playing obligatory in the BCBC? What are, what are you talking about? I, I don't. <laughs> let me look all over my notes. I got like obligatory like tenth. What are you what are you talking about? Uh, <laughs> all right. Let's go on to the next race, guys. Race six. Uh, we're gonna actually. You know what, Chad? We'll have you go through uh, first through the commercial break, and then we'll have other people go first. Uh, this is the Breeders' Cup Philly and Mare Turf. This is $2 million. Now, every year, depending on the track configuration, uh, and I'm going to show that in just a minute. I should have showed it before. Uh, this race is a different distance. This year, it's a mile and three sixteenths. You see the field here as I scroll down. Big field of 12. Point line favorite is the number three, Nashua for uh, Godson and Holly Doyle, a fantastic rider from Europe. Now, Ch uh, Chad, before we talk about your picks, let me go bring the ticker up here race six right guys race six yeah uh before i 
uh, talk about your top horse here, Chad, who's the 11. Everyone take a look again. This is the Breeders' Cup uh, Keelan configuration this year. You see where it says FNM Turf. They're starting this at the top of the stretch. There's a very long run. Basically the longest run possible on the turf uh, going to the first turn. So post really doesn't matter that much in this race, as opposed to some other races we've already talked about, like the Dirt Mile guys, which uh, starts you know very close to the first turn. And I suppose Cyberknife could be wide, but I think he's actually going to be taken back uh, a little bit. And you see the other races there. I'll take that off the screen. Chad, I think that's sort of a nice thing to look at there for track configuration mm -hmm. uh, purposes. And by the way, it's not – actually, it's not on this, but the Breeders' Cup Marathon guy starts up here. In, it's called the, I think it's called the Baird Shoot up here where they where they run the four-and-a-half furlong races in the spring. The, the marathon race is actually starting in that top left-hand corner shoot, just to let everyone know, which is a race on uh, Friday. Chad, you are going to go with the number 11. And I oh, – sorry, I got the wrong PP, sir. I got to say, I've gone back and forth on in Italian a lot in this race. I don't want to steal your thunder at all. There's one thing I think we'd all agree with. In Italian, we'll have the lead. I think so, but I can tell you, man, this is a race where – I looked at it, looked at it, and then I actually took a break from looking at this. I said, I got to come back. To this. <laughs> I get you, man. I got you. I can't sit here for 10 minutes, and, and I, I'm like, I got to come back to this race. I actually went past this race and handicapped a few more, and I said, you know what? I got to go back to this race eventually. There's a couple of things that worry me about in Italian. The problem, I like her. The problem is, I think they got a better pretty good. Chad Brown, I ended up just basically defaulting to Chad Brown. He's won four of the last nine of, in this race, um, in these Breeders' Cup races in this race. He's got three horses in here. I think any of them could win. I went with an Italian basically on trip. I mean, I think she gets the trip on the front end. She digs in. There's not a whole lot to go with her. It looks really obvious, and this is what bothers me. It looks so obvious. Everybody's going to love this horse because of the reasons that I'm saying, and that's when you kind of want to go the other way, like – I'm very, very lukewarm in this race. I think I'm going to watch the board, really, and see who's not taking the money, you know, kind of one of those board watches and see what's up. I think it goes through Chad Brown. One of his three probably will win, but I'm not super, super confident in this horse. Chad, let me ask you a question, because all of us have looked at these races very hard. It is incredibly obvious an in, in Italian's going to be sent. It's hard for me to believe that – 10 or 11 of the best jockeys in the world in a $2 million race or to say, oh, we'll just let her walk on the lead and then try to make someone is going to make maybe not a move like on the, you know, in the, you know, past the wire the first time, but isn't someone going to put pressure on her like mid back stretch and, and make her run? <laughs> I mean, I just, it, it just, I, I've seen a lot of New York turf races, so maybe I'm wrong again. Yeah. I, I, just, I cannot believe they're going to let this horse walk on the lead the entire, you know, until the top of the stretch. I just, I don't see it. I couldn't believe they let her walk and lead at Saratoga that day. <laughs> I, mean, I agree. I mean, it was amazing to watch. I mean, nobody did anything. I mean, she well, just but like, some of that chat go, is there was like three the Chad Browns in the race. Right. And it was a six horse field. This is a completely different scenario, don't you think? It is. It, it is. I, I, I just don't know who. I, I, I agree with you. Somebody has to go. I got some. I just, I mean, I just don't know who it's who it's going to be and okay. and who's going to soften her up. But you know, there's other, there's two other Chad Chad Brown on my horizontals. I'll have all three of his horses. Let me just say that right away. I'll have I'll, all three of his horses in their horizontals. Okay, I, I know Matt Bernier is a big fan of Rougier or was a fan of Rougier as of about two weeks ago. Chad, talk about the three. This is my top choice. It's Pete's got third. Paul's got her. 
uh, in first along with me. This is the horse chat. Well, I'll let you talk about Nashua. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, Nashua. The only thing that scares me is she's she's a three year old filly, but everything else, um, I think she's I think she's wonderful. I went back and watched a couple of those races, and um, man, she's good. I mean, she she digs in. She, she by Frankel, I think she's just getting good now and getting better. I think this is a race that they wanted to bring her over here for and point for, and um, man, she's got the staying power, and I don't think it matters. Um, being at Keeneland, the mile and three sixteenths isn't going to bother this horse whatsoever. The longer, the better. Um, I, you know, she could get a perfect trip. I'm interested to see how much they better overseas as compared to what her price will be here. But it's hard. It's hard to poke holes in her. And in, in her, I'm telling you, man, it's hard to find any any holes with her. I think she's like fifteen to eight uh, under sub two to one. Pete, do you have do you have what she is right now? You're on sub um, two to one. See, I think she was sub I'm two to seeing, one. Let me see on the check some okay. of the other ones. No, she's about six to four, three to two, depending on which one you like. Oh, so. a lot more. Okay, lots of the two to one. Uh, yeah. This is the horse, Chad. And we I, we talked about this horse with um, Davey Lane quite a bit. Again, Euros, if you want to watch the hear about the Euros more, go to episode 197 of this podcast. We had a two-hour show on the Euros. This horse is a bit headstrong. Not in a negative way, though. This is not a slow horse, Chad. I, I know a lot of American betters, especially inexperienced ones, say, oh, the Europeans, they always break slow. They're always coming from last. Not true. Okay, not true. Right. Are they as fast as the Americans early? Obviously not. The, if Holly Doyle rides this horse correctly, Chad, she'll be about, you know, just sitting right off of it in Italian, maybe like two lengths off. And then if this horse is within a length and a half to two lengths of in Italian on the far turn, I think it's over. I, there's no possible way if this horse breaks, she's that far off. Uh, unless an Italian goes like 45, the whole key to each out of this entire race is just watch Nashua's break. If Holly Doyle breaks well, she's going to be relatively close to the pace, and an Italian is not going to get away with murder. At least that's that's my opinion. Let's get some other opinions here from these other guys. Um, Paul, you've got an Italian second. You've got the 12, Paul, third. I have a very, very – I'm curious to see what Chad thinks. I know Chad doesn't have this horse in the top three. I have a very, very, very strong opinion on Moira. Paul, you got the source third. Yeah, I think Moira is uh, could be a major factor in this race. And if, if she runs off, I won't be shocked either. The post isn't great. You know, she's going to Frankie DeTore, you, Jeff Grade. We've talked to death about the terrible trip that she had in the uh, Woodbine race. Um, I, I, I could not agree with Chad Moore on the in Italian thing. You know, I'm looking at my ABC grid, Chad, and I hate when I have this happen. The the 11 is what I would call a defensive A. Mm-hmm. And I hate, hate, hate having a defensive A to the point where I'm going to, I'm going to reserve the right professor Kravitz to, to change my paper before it gets turned into Naira bets on Saturday. Yes. Sir. Okay. But uh, you know, I have, I will say I've been trying to beat an Italian. She's run very, she did run very well the last two times, but this is a race to be won by a Euro. And as far as the three-year-old Chad, if you want to feel better, six, 10 Euros have won this race. Six of them have been three-year-olds. Oh, wow. A US and actually the other side, the other side of that is North American three-year-olds in this race are over, over, o, right. Over 32 to be exact. Right. That's so this, that. this is uh I'm with Howard. Uh, the, we're going to make it the H H H H show with the fourth H being 
for Holly. Oh, I like it. <laughs> uh, Pete, you've got the five. The five horse. Actually, let me just talk about Rougier real quick, Pete. Sorry. No, go ahead. Guys, I, I don't like this horse at all. I, I don't. I'm going to go. I'm going to take us off the screen because I, I want to hear your opinion. I, I don't get it. This horse. Look, she was awesome on synthetic. She's a fantastic story. The EP Taylor that everyone's like falling in love with. Okay, fine. She just lost to Rogier. She got a bad trip. We all saw it. Rogier got a bad study. We all saw it. If you take a look at that field, and we're going to move on here. If you take a look at the field of EP Taylor, it was a, like a, an allowance race compared to this race. I mean, that is a bad field. And just because they finished first and second doesn't mean they're going to finish, you know, in the top three here. I just, I know it's the Tory. I think she's going to be over bet Chad. I, I, Moira is going to be better than the, the best European three-year-olds in the, in the world. I just, I don't get it at all, Chad. Pete, Pete and Chad, you have any thoughts about that? The only thing I would say is, you know, everybody talks about the way Keeneland's kind of conformed, but people got to realize the, the stretch at Keeneland on the grass is very long. So you yep. can make a couple of mistakes and swing out and have a long time to get there. And if you got that long grinding kick in the grass or a quick turn of foot, the, like Rogier, just keep going and going and going. There's a yeah. long stretch. There's a long stretch yeah. at Keeneland. It's, it's really one of the longest ones in the country on the turf. But is the pace going to set up? I don't, yeah. there's, right, there's not a lot of speed in this race. I, it's hard for me yeah. to imagine something's going to come uh, from the clouds. Pete, um, you, you got the five Tuesday, and this is another Euro. I mean, I've got two Euros, one, two. We haven't talked about above the curve. Uh, you're the only one that's got Tuesday in there. I've got Tuesday as a B, as in boy, Pete, and my ABC, because I just think this is going to one by Euro. I think the three-year-old Phillies in Europe are very good this year. Why not Aiden O'Brien and Ryan Moore at, you know, at nice price? Yeah, I, I do like the price. And you see, I mean, if you look back in the in the Epsom Oaks, then, you know, Tuesday beat Nashua. Nashua had a little bit of trouble, but Emily Upjohn is a really good horse as well, yes. who was who was closing yes. and actually was the favorite and was closing like a freight train. But Tuesday fought and, and, and held her off. And then and then if you come, if you actually look, a, it might be a weird coincidence. This horse's three worst races were a combination of right-handed turns for some reason. And then the last two were on the soft, on soft ground, which yep. maybe she just didn't like. So it sort of, it sort of dirties up the form a little bit. But if you go beyond that, three back loses by a length to Alpinista, who was the arc winner and is, is awesome. And then the, the one four back, I, I don't remember if anything, I can't remember that race. I watched it, but don't remember if, if she had a little bit of trouble, but I think she's just right there with Nashua. And if Nashua was the top of the board, you're getting this one at eight to one. And again, like you said, it's Aiden O'Brien, Ryan Moore. So at that price, and she's just, she's tenacious. She comes a little bit from off the pace. So she'll have to make a, you know, he'll have to make a move with her, if they're chasing an Italian and an Italian gets loose, they're going to have to make a move and get this one close. But I think she's got a great kick. And I mean, I really like her. I really like her on top. And I, I'm pretty sure that um, I want to say, did, did Davey like Tuesday a bit as well? I can't recall. He was a I, bit wishy-washy with Was her. he? Okay. Yeah, he wasn't a huge fan. You can go back and look. I, I know he liked above the curve. That's but right. Tuesday, from what I've, I, what I've seen, is a little one-paced. Pete, I don't know if that's going to work well for Keeneland, but I'm definitely using her. Don't get me wrong. Above the curve, wants it soft. I don't think it's going to happen unless that rain develops Saturday. But even if it does rain Saturday, it's not going to be like a heavy rain. They're not forecasting for that. Above the curve uh, is more of a closer um, and is a more grindy. But it's Johnny V and it's Joseph O'Brien. This horse can win too. I just I don't like the Americans in this race at all. If an Italian beats me, 
Chiefs are going to have to beat me, Paul. I, you talked about getting beaten by good horses. I mean, I have nothing against an Italian. I just can't believe that they're going to let that, that, you know, she's going to get the distance. And not only that, but an Italian too. She, the, you know, she's, she ran well, but the two back, she beat technical analysis. Paul, let me ask you a question. What odds would technical analysis be in this race? 20 to one. I mean, uh, I think I, I think know. circumstances she, have really worked out well for an Italian. You guys know. Oh, I would agree I've with that. I, shows, I would. Yeah, I would agree you know. with that. But yeah. the thing the thing is with her, though, is she's not just like a, a soft front runner who just can get on the lead and needs everything to go her way. She goes up there and she sets she sets she short directions no, and she runs, runs them off their feet. So it's different than just, hey, if this horse gets lucky and gets on the lead, then and nobody goes after her. They can't go after her because they go at their own peril because they're not used to going that fast, but she is. And then she still kicks in the lane, which is odd for, you know, yeah. someone, especially when she stretched out and nobody expected her to do that. And then she cut back and did the same thing. She's able to set her own fractions, which that makes it a little bit more difficult. That's the only thing. And, you know, I love an Italian, so I'm, I'm with her, but. <laughs> I agree. I think she could hit the board. I'd be surprised if she won or I'm betting against she won. Guys, we're going to take a short break. We really appreciate everyone out there watching. We've got four more races left. We're going to take a very short break about uh, what's that, Paul? Five. What, what's the five, Paul? Sorry. Five more races left. Five? Seven, Seven eight, nine. Eight. Oh, you're right. Wow. Five races. Okay. Long week. Long Late pick five, man. How are you going to forget the late pick five? I'm not good at math. You guys know I struggle with math. Uh, all right. We got, we got five <laughs> races left. Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to take about a 90-second to two-minute break at the most. Uh, please stay with us. Don't go anywhere. Grab a beverage. Get up. Take a quick walk. We'll be back right here to talk about race seven and the start of the pick five with the HHH Racing Podcast.
All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back here on the HHH Racing Podcast. Really appreciate the viewership and everyone's support. We got a few uh, uh, comments here. Simon talked about Emily Upjohn, who's a really nice horse who won on uh, Champions Day. Not sure about the distance, interesting, for Tuesday. I think I sort of agree with Simon on that. Again, we're getting great comments uh, from people in the chat. Guys, we're, we're great timing here. We got about 10 minutes for each race. That's exactly what I wanted here to close out the <laughs> late. Oh, who's here, Chad? Hey. What do we got, Chad? That's, my, that's one of my little ones. What's, What's up, Max? buddy? This is Max? Yeah, it's Max. Hey, Max. Hey, Max. Hey, Max. Yeah, we, don't, we, don't, we don't own clothes around here, obviously. You can oh, that's cool. That's hey, the way is, to go. Is Max, is Max one of those really great baseball players you have in the family? Yeah, he's one of them. He, he's, Max, he you like baseball. baseball, buddy? Yeah? All right. <laughs> Thanks for joining the show, Max. All right, see you later. There. You can stay there as long as you want, buddy. Maybe Max Max probably has a better picks than than all of us for sure. Yeah. All My right. brother is Owen. Your brother's what? Owen. 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 Where is yeah. Owen, Max? Right He's right here. Does he want to come on camera? Huh? Owen. Yeah, there you buddy, you got to stand a little taller. There he hey. goes. Hey. Hi, Owen. Hey, Owen. How are you, buddy? <laughs> His buddy, like... his buddy, his Joe Christofek. He likes Joe and Kevin. Oh, <laughs> Owen, Owen, you play baseball too, right, Owen? You like baseball? Yep. Awesome. Thanks for coming on the show, guys. Hey, buddy. All right. All right, Daddy's going <laughs> back to work. Bye-bye. All right. All right, we're going to – here's what we're – listen, we love the kids. Uh, kids, animals, it's all good. Where's your buddy tonight, Pete? Where's your guy? Yeah, we got to get him back yeah, It's on bedtime, show. man. It's 9.15. Yeah. It's a school all night. Right. It's bedtime. Chad, Chad has made sure they got fully clothed, man. I don't want to get I don't want to get in trouble, you know? Right. <laughs> I know they. I know things that know people, you know, freestyle with, you know, Mardi Gras and all that. But yeah. you know, Louisiana, Louisiana Swamp is hot down here, you know? <laughs> I got you. All right. Let, let's get to uh, let, let's get to the uh, race here. The next race is the Breeders' Cup Sprint. I love it, guys. Breeders' Cup Sprint. Uh, of course, it's a Grade One. Where are my banners? Sorry, guys, lost track of my uh, spots here. Here we go. Shockingly, nope, wrong race, wrong race. I'm an idiot. Here we go. Shockingly, nine 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 nine. This is one of the most likely winners of the entire uh, weekend. I think. Here's the field. Big disappointment for a lot of people with Jack Christopher not running at all. There's a big favorite, Jackie's Warrior, four to five. Asperson, Rosario, Chad is another horse that you know well. We're going to change it up a little bit, though. We're going to start with Pete uh, now, and then Paul will start with the next one. Pete and Paul will have you guys alternate for the last five races here, and we'll have Chad go after that. Um, Pete, Jackie's Warrior, though, interestingly enough, trying to get his, his Paul, remember it's he, trying to get his – First Breeders' Cup win, though. Yes, he is, and I think he'll do it. I think the field came up pretty light, and I mean, there's a couple, there's a couple decent closers, but it's hard to close into a horse that doesn't doesn't seem like he's going to get the type of pressure I assume that he got last year when it got him beat. I mean, I guess you never know who's going to go and try and run with him, but I think the plan should be. Let me just, we're going to run them off their feet. We're not going to fool around. We're not going to let anybody get close and, and just sort of run away with it. I mean, can any, the only horse that can go with Jackie's Warrior in theory is this horse, Super Ocho. Now, the reason why I know this horse pretty well, Pete, is because I was with Kyle and um, a bunch of people at the uh, Hawthorne Invite contest uh, when this horse ran. 
This horse is really fast. Now, not as fast as Jackie, but I mean, 118 early time for him. My guess here, Pete, is that Jackie just sits off of Super Ocho. And if Super Ocho, when I say sit off, I mean, you know, half a length off. And if Super Ocho doesn't break perfectly, Jackie's just going to get the lead. Yeah, agree. I mean, it's a lot easier. We talk about horses sitting off when they say, oh, this horse can rate. It's a lot different rating off really, really cheap speed that you know you can beat as opposed to sitting off quality speed that's going to that's gonna potentially get away and make it tough for you. And if the seven goes, I mean, I assume you just let the seven go and then just attack them on the turn and and blow by and, and then sort of, sort of take it from there and, and see if anybody can run Jackie's down. I don't have the seven anywhere. I just want to state this publicly. If Super Ocho breaks perfectly and Jackie just sits and the pace is reasonable, I would not be shocked at all if Super Ocho like hangs around for a piece like third. I just I just it wouldn't shock me because there's not a lot of speed in this race. So um, not really doing much to add there. Let's go to you, Paul. I mean, Jackie's war. I don't know if you want to talk about Jackie's warrior, but you have the two and second Kamari who I've heard a lot of people think is very interesting, not only to run well, to maybe even upset the favorite here. Well, I, I someone's got to run second. Uh, you know, we talked <laughs> bringing talked endorsement, <laughs> and, and and I'll be honest with you, Howard, I don't think the seven beats Jackie's Warrior to the turn. Maybe I don't not. think the I don't think the seven's faster than Jackie's Warrior. Probably not. And and again. The fact that Jackie's warrior is outside of him makes it, you know, again, hey, anything can happen. It's a horse race. Last race, she, uh, he, he, he came out of the race hurt. Um, you know, last time we talked about pipeline, and this is the one of the races that I wrote up. Pipeline uh, really pressed him the entire way. He never opened up a lead. And he got beat by Cody's Wish, who is the morning line favorite in the dirt mile. And it was seven furlongs, not six furlongs. So, you know, again, uh, I, I, in my own opinion, this is the most likely winner of the two days. Yeah, I think she's very live. By the way, Chad, you might want to check the private uh, chat. I just threw a comment in there for you. Yeah, I'm good. Okay. Um, You know what? Kyle Roscoe talked about this uh, yesterday, Paul. He thinks that Jackie's Warrior is the most likely winner of the entire weekend, including Flightline. I don't know if yeah, I, that's feel I just that said. Way. I just I just said that. No, I know. No, I understand. Oh, Kyle <laughs> just, agrees with me. Yeah, he does. Well, where is he? Let's get him on. I like it. Uh, well, I don't. Know. You want to give me? <laughs> should I give him a call? Um, I'm not. I'm not that far away from agreeing with you. I just, boy, it, it, Chad, if he doesn't get the job done here, Jackie's warrior. I mean, I don't know what to say. Last year, he got the three hole. Remember there was that real fast Japanese Matera Sky, I think, if I recall, like pushed him hard. He was bad that day. There's no question about it. My only issue with this horse is he's just not been involved in a lot of fast paces, Chad. And when he is, he doesn't run great. I mean, so he's very, very likely here. There you go. There's Kyle. There you go, Paul. He's very likely, Chad, but would you like fall off your chair if he lost? I think he's a serious winner. I mean, and here's why. I mean, this is his last race. He's going to stay yep. after this. Steve's gonna Steve's emptying the tank, which he does. These horses that have their last races in these Breeders' Cups, I don't know what Steve's record is. I know Gunrunner won going away. When he has these last races, he doesn't leave anything left. And I think we could see a freaky performance, to be honest with you. Like I think, like Paul said earlier, he don't have much to beat in here. I really wish Jack Christopher wasn't here because the price would be better. And he was my single 
Jackie's Word was my single anyway. I was kind of bummed when Jack Christopher was not announced for this race and say he's not going to run because I think it would have helped Jackie's Warriors price a little bit. Yeah. Um, and he's a single for me. I think the Breeders' Cup team's a little kind of upset because this is the race that ends <laughs> one pick five and begins the next pick five kind of thing. So, you know, you have a lot of people probably singling back to this horse. The favorites are three for the last 21 in this race, if that means anything to anybody. Um, the only reason why I didn't use Kamari is because I think she's the second choice in a race like this. I don't want the second choice to run second, um, you know, at four or five to one, whatever she's going to be. So, you know, I just went with a couple of prices underneath. But, yeah, I think Jackie Jackie's Warriors is a, a single. I agree with everything you said, and I especially agree with you, Chad, about the second horse here. I don't I don't understand the Kamari love. And if people are – listen, I'm here to give strong opinions. So, people, you can take it or leave it out there. First of all, I don't really believe in those 105 and 106s. I don't have concrete evidence. But what I find weird, Chad, is Kamari's getting 105s and 106s into slow paces. That means that either means two things, that the numbers are wrong or she's capable of like a 110. Because if you're running that fast with slower paces, that's really scary. But these trips that she's got in the last two were so damn easy. And, and, and the last time was like a paid workout, as Paul likes to say. I'm much more interested in the four. I agree with you. What What's wrong with the American theorem here? I don't know about the 10 to 1, but this is a very nice gray. He's in great form. I'm slightly concerned about the inside post, Chad, because I think this horse is better on the outside. I've seen him run a bunch of times. He's more like a grindy type, which I know sounds strange for a six furlong horse. He doesn't have a lot of gears. It's just his top gear is fast, you know. Um, this horse has done nothing wrong. If he can handle the surface, why not? Yeah, and I think Pete mentioned how that Pat O'Brien's comeback is a very key race, right? Yes. Pete yeah. mentioned that. And, you know, look look who he lost to. I mean, Laurel River, if that horse runs good earlier, or Senior Hospital yeah. runs good or earlier, that's a little bit flattering, even though it was in August. No, I think you're right. I mean, I was looking for somebody. Um, you know, a guy like George Papadromo, he, he doesn't ship a lot out of California. Um, no. You know, they, they, he usually stays there. So he thinks this horse is good enough to bring over here for the Breeders' Cup Sprint. I kind of respect that part of it. Um and I, you know, like I was just looking for. I mean, everybody else in here, I just wasn't in. I just wasn't in love with. I mean, I, I don't think Aloha West is gonna. You know, I wasn't on Aloha West last year, and I, I, I feel like I was the only one who didn't bet on Aloha West last year. Um, yeah, Pete's got a lead power in second. I mean, Pete, talk about a, a lead power. Then yeah. We move on. Yeah, I mean, this this was just one that I thought still had some upside. So I was looking for maybe that one pops and, it, you know, because this one's it's kind of versatile. So he can he can sit off a bit. And if some of those other ones try and some of those other ones try and run a little bit with Jackie's warrior, then I think elite power with Iraq, Iraq can be patient a little bit, sit, sit back. And and if, if not try for the win, then at least try and run up for second. But I mean, you see this one hasn't run a ton still on the uptake. I mean, obviously this is the, by far the biggest class, the class jump that he's had in his career. So it's, it's one where you're just playing for somebody in second. And if I get a six to one shot underneath Jackie's warrior, maybe that doesn't pay too badly. I mean, the value in this race is not with doubles. It's with a, a cold punch. Exactly. That's what I mean. It's a cold. Yeah. Other than Kamari, right? Pretty much. I think I want Kamari. You're going to get at least something. Hey, real, real. Real quick, Howard, on, on American Theorem, it's funny, too, because you're getting them at 10. But if you if you cut those three long-distance route races out, this horse looks fantastic. And if it just – those three look really bad because he lost by 12, 24, 13. If you cut those three out, 
He's got three wins and a second to maybe the winner of a, you know, a Breeders' Cup race, two races prior, so or whatever that is. So that that horse can yeah. look fantastic, and you're getting that one at ten underneath. So yeah, I would say play the board maybe if you like a couple underneath. See which one see which one pays the best. I think it's a I think it's an excellent point, Pete, and great. Pete always gives out great betting ideas. It's not just about handicapping. You gotta your ticket construction and how you bet is equally, if not more, important. Let's go on to race eight, guys. There's our picks on the bottom of the screen. Um, race eight is always one of my favorite races of the entire year. I mean, because I love the Breeders' Cup Mile, the turf race. It's two million. These Euros are just every year. I don't care who they bring over. They're turn of foot. It's just absolutely crazy. Even their like second strings are really good. They're not bringing over second strings in this race, though. In general, uh, the favorite here is the number four, and sort of a soft favorite, uh, at least in the morning line. Modern Games, we all know this horse, Appleby and Buick, trying to sort of uh, allow everyone to get their money back this year instead of what happened <laughs> last year. Paul, we're going to let you go first here in this race. You've got Modern Games. On top, Paul, I will say, I do want to point out as I bring you on screen, Paul, and bring up the PPs here, Modern Games is one of those horses coming out of Champions Day. And as Simon, I think his name is Simon, who correctly pointed out, we've talked about it, coming back in three weeks, not easy to do coming out of Champions Day. Uh, I would agree with that. But I would say that, and Howard, the bad news is, if you bet this horse last year, you got your money back because they refunded it, not because you won. <laughs> Very true. Uh, did we uh, did we talk about the share and competence of the California stewards? Yeah, we covered that. Okay, good. I think we I think we've talked about it. Yes. Okay. Good. Uh, and, and look, and I seen my share of horses up close, and I'm not I'm no uh, I'm no Maggie Wolfendale, but I did happen to watch the show this morning, and. Uh, this horse looked fantastic on the racetrack this morning. Looks like he has shipped very well. Um, you know, the, he had an unbelievable turn of foot in that Woodbine Mile, which, you know, may not have been the strongest race. Uh, won this, won this, the uh, juvenile turf last year. Uh, you know, again, if this horse goes 7-2, to um, I'm in. Paul, this was, to me, this is one of the wild moments of the entire year. I mean, I'm watching this race. I mean, I liked modern games. So did a lot of people. It's, I mean, he was very low odds. Once he tips out, okay, right here, he, he's he, yeah. for William Boo gave a great ride. This acceleration from here to the wire, especially about right here, is absolutely insane. I mean, these are not bad horses. I mean, they're not, it wasn't a great field, but this is Ivar and behind completely getting left in the dust. I mean, it's not even close. Th this turn of foot is silly good. However, I will say this. That's the best case scenario for modern games. It was a fast turf. It was a very long stretch. It was a one-turn mile. It's like everything was absolutely perfect for this horse on that day. Oh, here we go. Oh, you guys okay? I was going to say we had another issue again. Um, I don't know what's going on. Um, we're, all, we're all there, right? We're all good? Okay. Yep. Um, uh, but he's also run well against... Uh, um, uh, Baid, I mean, th this is serious, Pete. I, I don't know what else to say other than you're the one on the panel that's not going with a four. And you know what, Pete? I don't blame you because I'm going to admit something. I'm a bit embarrassed I went to two chalks in this race. I, This race, just weird things happen in this race. I'm not fully convinced Modern Games and Kinros 
are both going to run their best. I do believe they're the two best horses, Pete. But I don't know if they're running their best today based on the quick turnaround modern games. Kinrose has a bad post and is, you know, got to go two turns. It's just the, the top horses seem to be the best talent, Pete. But that yeah. doesn't mean they're going to win. And you're going with a horse that, talk about talented, this would be an unbelievable story. I'm sort of rooting for this horse, to be honest with you, uh, because I love the horse in general. But this is an awfully tough spot. Yeah, this is a little bit of a, a little bit of a sentimental play, but it's also a play for if this was any other trainer, I would say you're crazy. But Chad Brown, he's he he can definitely get a horse. It doesn't matter the length of the layoff; he gets his horses ready. There's no way he's bringing a Claravich horse of this quality to the Breeders' Cup just for sort of shits and giggles. I mean, he's most likely bringing him here to win. And if this horse, you know, he's been looks pretty good from what I understand on the track. And if he can come back and and sort of regain that form, I'm not sure. You know, the mile he hasn't run that short in a while, but. I just think I, I, at eight to one, or he's probably going to get bet down. But whatever his price is, I just can't lose to this horse. So I'm going to take a shot with him on top and hope that. But to me, this is a race where I look at maybe the top, my top four choices as all relatively close for me. So if I'm looking at a horizontal perspective, I'm not trying to go like super skinny or or try and get down to one or two. I like the ones that I like, and I'm going to stick with them. And and I don't really care necessarily. I'm not necessarily a win bet proposition in here. I'm looking more for who's going to just win the race for me. Um, and especially in a horizontal play. Pete, I know you're the king of, I don't care about the post position situation. We've talked about on air and off here. You have, if you like the source and you're going to tip them out, I'm sure you've got some kind of trip in your mind. You think Pratt's going to use them a little bit earlier and he'll be like mid pack. You think the pace is just going to collapse. He needs to come over the top. Like in what scenario do you see this horse winning? I mean, I don't think he'll be super close. I mean, unless something changed since the last time he ran, (laughs) you know, that's, that's the weird thing though. We just don't know. I mean, maybe they could be thinking of changing tactics, but we haven't really seen it. He's going to be fresh, Pete. He's going to be fresh. I mean, well, you see, I mean, I I don't want him too far back and I don't, I mean, there's not, this isn't a, there's a race with, there's not speed. I wouldn't say, right. I mean, there's not a lot. There's not a lot of speed. So it's one where I'm not looking for like some super hot pace to go crazy up front, but I I think Annapolis, Annapolis has to go a little bit. I think a little bit. might go a little, um, Regal Glory is more tactical. actually though beyond brilliant and smooth like straight are yeah. are they're fast. Yeah. So if they you know go, who's fast, you know who's fast by the way. Pogo is fast. Pogo is fast. Yeah, Pogo, Pogo is going. fast. I yeah. would be shocked Pogo's if Pogo go. has the lead. Actually, so actually I think I, the whole key to yeah. the pace actually Pete is what Pogo does. Yeah, because uh, I Pogo's think that's quick. his game. Yeah, I think that's yeah. his game, and he is quick. But yeah. I actually, I, I sort of misspoke because I forgot Beyond Brilliant was in this one just because I didn't really like the horse that much. But it's going to be a factor. Cause he has no other, he has no other method of even being in the race than just gunning. So don't tell that to Chad Shexnader. Cause Chad's got beyond brilliant at 20 to one in second. Chad, you, you gotta help me on this one. I, I, uh, you're off the reservation on this one, man. Here, well, here, here, convince here, me. Here, tell me my, I'm wrong, man. No, here's, here's my story. I mean, if it's not modern games, this is a dart to me. I mean, these turf races have to be an all, I mean, look, order Australia won this thing at what? 70 to one yep. a couple of years ago, whatever it was. Yeah. I mean, I just look, things get crazy, and I saw this horse. I didn't know how fast Pogo was, to be honest with you. I saw this horse maybe loose on the front end, and everybody's saying, oh, this horse can't go that, you know, let, let him go. We'll catch him. We'll we'll catch him later, and they don't yeah. catch him. I mean, that's one of those deals, second off the layoff, shipping over California. You just let him go. But 
I'm just one of those guys where, to me, and this happens at fairgrounds. We've talked about this before, but I'm an all in the turf race guy if you can afford it, especially yeah. one that's really like this. And you know, I just I put him in there just to talk about him, really, for a second. Um, okay. So yeah, that's the reason why I put him in there. But I, I just put him in there as a don't leave him off your ticket kind of thing. Um, Chad, real quick, and then Paul piggyback quickly, and then I'll talk about my picks. Uh, Regal Glory, Chad. No, Regal Glory. I, I, look, I love this filly. I mean, she she owes me nothing. I mean, she's super consistent. Um, she trains with Rogier. Uh, obviously, in the morning she's strong on the um, third graph figures. I think she's you know three quarter halves. She's running. Um, you know, Keeneland's maybe not her her preferred best place to run, but man, she's a win machine. Twelve for twenty one. This is third start off the layoff. She's just a grade one, classy, classy filly. Um, you know, and, and Chad Brown. You know, Chad Brown. So yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if she if she won. And um, yeah. you know, you haven't got six to one on her in a couple of years. <laughs> no, Paul, you know this mare very well. Paul. Yeah, I like I I do like that horse, uh, the Regal Glory, uh, and you know as far as Raging Sea, the only thing I would say is Chad uh, Michelle Yu was had been talking to Chad today, and I don't know if it was on here, but he did definitely tell people off air he considered scratching when he drew the fourteen. So that's really? what that's what, now he might have been saying that kind of half joking. You know, he's gotten the horse this far. Why has he had a rough week or something? <laughs> no, because of the post. Oh, yeah, no, I, yeah, right. Good point. Yeah, good yeah, point. Sorry, I, um, anyway. So, hey, look, it, it is what it is, right? Uh, I would say that for the price domestic spending is going to be, then, uh, you know, I, I would never shy away from doing what Pete's doing. Uh, you know, King Ross is another horse we haven't talked about, really, Howard, no. but there's another potential Euro winner who's 9-2 to two with Tatori. No, Ken Ross is a very good closer. Again, we're not going to show a lot of replays here tonight, everyone. Go check out episode 197. I'm sorry to sound like a broken record. We showed a lot of replays and talked about the Euros. This is the best closer. Can he go two turns? Probably. Is he going to get the pace set up? Who knows? It's a big field. I mean, this is this is not like Goldakova, though. This is not some kind of complete <laughs> monster. But he's very good. He's very good. Um, I, I want to – Annapolis, a lot of people like Annapolis. I'm a bit against him. Because two reasons. A lot of people love him, number one. Number two, he got the dream trip of trips last time. But he might be rounding into a real, real nice horse. I don't discount him. I'm just not betting him. I want to very quickly talk about the nine guys. Because the nine is a horse that I have in third that Davey and I did not talk about. Because I didn't. we didn't think this three-old filly was getting in this race. Take a, I'm going to go full screen, then we're going to move on, guys. Look carefully at the nine, Okay. She's improving. She only lost two lengths to Kinrow, so that was legitimate, guys. If you watch that replay of the of the four A, she ran well. She's a closer. If the pace heats up, which I don't think it will, she can really run, and she's gotten better and better. She ran well in August in Deauville in the in the Rothschild against Saffron Beach, who's a nice horse. She was a bit inconsistent earlier in her career, and the last thing I'm going to say, guys, remember this horse that finished second to Pizza Bianca. And I watched that replay, uh, replay again, guys. She finished second to last year's Breeders' Cup. She got a bad start. She got checked. This is a nice horse. Chad, so you've got your sort of, you know, little wacko idea underneath to do something. Malavath, the nine, is my long shot play to be somewhere in the money. I don't think she could win, but I would much rather take a shot with a Euro like this than a 
proven horse like a real glory or whatever. If she gets the right at Tyler G, by the way, in the saddle, who I think won the Keelan, did he win the Keelan meet or tie for the Keelan? Uh, actually, I think Sia is the last, the last race. race. Yeah. Anyway, Malavath, the nine in the mile, interesting underneath. Want to throw that horse out there, guys. Chad, real quick, you want to see something? We're going to move on. Tyler Gaff, we only still looking for his first Breeders' Cup win. Okay. First off. Secondly, okay. um, so you'll know you're playing in the BCBC, but when a horse like yeah. this, if you really like this horse and you think it's going to hit the board, in a turf race full field, it's a perfect horse for a superfecta key. And what I mean by that is 15 to 1 on top by 5 by 5 by all, and then 5 by her by 5 by all. The reverse you know, key. 5 by 5, 5 by 5 by her by all. You know, use a first, second, third. And I've hit some really good superfectas this year using that with a bomb. Just use the bomb first, second, third, and put together a superfecta ticket, 10 cents. Yeah. May cost well, you $100 to use their all three spots. And But you know what? Those pay. I don't know. I don't, I'm don't. i not a superfecta guy, but I agree. This horse could be like a and a try or a key for third and maybe a little bit in second and then go deeper. Otherwise, absolutely a great, great idea there, Chad. All right, hey, guys, let's hey, go Howard, to race. Real quick, in case yeah. my wife's watching. Regal Glory, oh. Annapolis. The only two horses she gave me because she was listening last week. Regal Glory because my dog is half half Beagle, half Rottweiler. And Annapolis because we live in Maryland. So there you go. You want expert handicapping? That's the exacta for you right there. Well, I thought you would pick Laurel River on top too, Pete. Well, you know, that was a different race. She didn't catch that one. So she didn't she didn't hear that one. But that was this was her only two horses she mentioned to me. So I had to give her a shout out and give her give right. the exacta out for. Hello, Miss Visco. Thanks for uh, <laughs> contributing to the show in your special way. We really appreciate it. Guys, let's move on. Race nine. Race nine is the distaff. A race that boy, I mean, obviously the classic is the main race. This might be the second one because this field is unbelievable. Pete, we're gonna start with you. Uh, first, uh, I got to switch over the banners. You got basically the six best, uh, you know, fillies and mares uh, in the country running together in the same race for the first time. These are horses, Pete and Paul. We've talked about all year long. We've gone back and forth. We each have our own little sort of pet favorites here. Here's the field. The Moorline favorite is the extremely talented number six nest for Pletcher and Irad. Um, Pete, no shocker here. If anyone knows you. Hard to blame you. Clarier, four to one, Asterson and Rosario. I'm sure you hope her tongue is healthy and ready to go. Yeah, let's let's <laughs> let's not let's not have any gate troubles. I did read that they were they were working out those gate troubles just to make sure right. that doesn't happen in the in the biggest race of hope potentially of her career. But yeah, I mean, you know, I love Clarier. Anybody who's listened to this show, I love that horse. I mean, last time when we were watching the race, we're like, what the hell is going on? She's just not even into it and not running. Then you heard what happened afterwards. For anybody who doesn't know, she apparently hit her head on the gate. She bit her tongue really, really badly. And actually, I think the, the jockey's head hit the um, one of the gate crew's shoulders on the way out. So it was a complete Let's see if, catastrophe. I don't know how much we can see. I'm sorry. Yeah, I, don't I don't know how much we can see here. I think it happens before. Watch right here. I mean, you can right see here. her. Sort right, of, right there. Yeah, you can see. I'm yep. going to rewind it again, P, and let you talk over it. Watch the three. Go ahead. Yeah, I mean, you could just see, it's hard to see what actually happens, but you could see her rearing and then just sort of bouncing around. And then when she breaks, it's just, I mean, she breaks fine, but she just doesn't, she shows no interest. And that's just unlike her. And I mean, going into that race, 
she was the best probably Philly and mayor in the country. She had, she had taken the mantle from Malathat. She had beaten her the last two times, both times relatively convincingly, even if the, if the, if the distance wasn't that, wasn't that far between them. I just think she had been so good. And if she can run back to that, and this was just an aberration, then I like her, especially because I can't see her being less than the third choice at least. So I'll, I'll take the price. And Chad, it looks like you you may be in agreement with the four as well. So I don't know if you want to just piggyback on that real quick. Yeah, no, it's... Mal... Sorry, Mal, this is Mal of uh, thought going by search results. Go ahead, Chad. No, it's the same thing. I, same thing I said earlier about Jackie's Warrior. Steve's emptying the tank here. I mean, she's off to the breeding shed, I believe, after this. And, you know, this is the race they pointed to all year long. And um, I'm a little little concerned looking at her PPs. I'm surprised in 15 lifetime starts, she's never raced at Keeneland, which is kind of unlike um, a Steve Asmussen yeah. rated state Philly to not have a start at Keeneland. But um, no, I really like her in this spot. Four to one, I think will be a gift. I don't know if we get four to one. My big opinion in here, and I told people this all week, I just keep telling people Todd Pletcher will not run one too. I didn't know who, the, I, you know, before I picked Clarier, I looked at it and I said, I just don't see him running one, two in here. And so, you know, one of them might get in exact. I didn't think both of them will, but I think they're going to be bet like both of them will. So I think you can take advantage in this race. I think this is a race you definitely want to play. Um, you know, and I saw that comment about blue strike. I'm, I'm in agreement with whoever that was that just popped up there. This horse is probably got to outrun her odds for sure. Um, everybody seems to be, you know, kind of looking at this now. There's a lot of buzz around this horse. Um, coming in, so I think you're going to see maybe some buzz money come in. But, um, but like, yeah. why, Chad? Just because the workouts? Like, why? I don't get it. I think, I think when you start seeing the workout reports, you're going to see, you know, this horse um, coming in. But honestly, you know, the, on the third graph, she's really not that far off. I mean, the, the her last okay. race was, I think, two on the third graph sheets. And just, just for comparison. Did you say a two? A two, and just for comparison, okay. um, you know, looking at it, I think – What's Ness? What's Ness best number on the thoroughgraph, Chad? Out of curiosity, Neg negative one last race, okay. negative one, um, yeah. and she, she was a negative half, negative one last three okay. starts. Um, but you know, Clarier's one and a quarter, one those kind of things when she was running her good races. Um, and search results is the one that really jumps up. Thoroughgraph's gonna love, gonna love search results. She's zero, negative two, and there's only three horses in this race. Might as well since we're talking about thoroughgraph, there's only three horses that have run a negative number. Um, in their life, society, nest, and search results. Those are the three out of the PPs huh. that the paragraph says ever run a negative number. So interesting. we'll see. We'll see. You know, um, Malathat was a one and a three quarter, but never ran a negative number. So if you like paragraph, you'll see that. Um, search results is very interesting to me just because I think that she could get a really good trip. Um, and if she's right, that she could be dangerous. I'm just against one, or, I'm just against Todd in here. Maybe he wins. I think if he wins, it probably is going to be Nest, but I'm not using Malathat. I can tell you that. Uh, what? Hold on. Who the hell brought this guy in this? Not using Malathat? Oh, my mm -hmm. goodness. Why? Well, all right, Chad, let's go, buddy. You and I. Uh, Paul, well, well, I'll get to Malathat in a second. Um, and by the way, Chad, I'm not sure about search results getting a good trip because the main speed is just bringing her outside. That makes me a little bit weary we talked about that on the on the show but anyway um nest you're the only one paul that's got this three-year-old monster philly up top uh what, what are we missing is it just the price that turns everyone else off i mean what the hell has she done wrong well you know what type of price are you going to get uh, to beat her you know i i guess i hear you if you get four to one on a horse like 
uh, Clarier, and, and I am a big fan of both Clarier and search results. I like neither in this race. Uh, I like both horses a lot. Uh, I, I could see Chad's point. I'm not positive Todd's going to run one, two. I'm pretty sure he's going to win, though. Uh, I'm I will. Okay. I, I'm not going to go any deeper than that on my A line. And if I were playing a caveman, it would be just those two. I mean, Malafat simply shows up every time. You know, 13 starts, nine wins. There's just no bad race. Nest uh, this year. Uh, Nest virtually the same profile. Ten starts, seven two one. You know, again, Clarier that that was clearly an excusable effort last time. Although it did happen at the very beginning. And she never ran a step mm-hmm. at all in the race, including yeah. not being able to go by crazy beautiful in the stretch who who wants, uh, you know. So, again, it's a, it, I agree with I, I agree with Chad. I think it is a good betting race. I think you do have to have an opinion, though. You know, if you're playing a caveman, I don't recommend playing Malathat, Nest, and Clarier because your ticket's going to be way more expensive than it needs to be. You have to have an opinion. I, I like Ness the best. Uh, I think she comes in in the best form and leaves in the best form. I'm going to talk for 30 seconds, guys. I, I love that Pletcher ran Malathot in the spinster. He was thinking about resting her up for the Breeders' Cup. That did not work well last year uh, for, yeah, for Malathot. I, I, the fact that she regressed a little bit with her Buyer doesn't bother me one bit. I expect Malathot to run a huge race. I'm only concerned about the rail a little bit, but she was on the rail last time. I'm just a fan of this horse, and I have questions about society and surge results battling each other. I think Ness has beaten not a lot. I like, I love the horse. I hate her price and think she's a bit overrated. And I agree with Pete. I don't see any reason why Clarier can't get back in the mix at what fourth choice. I mean, it's crazy fifth choice. I mean, it's insane. So. I like Malathot, guys. We're going to move on. It's an unbelievable race. It's pretty much going to determine older Philly Mayor division winner uh, because Ness has already got the three-year-old division wrapped up. All right, guys, we got about uh, – we don't have to end you know, right at, at 10 o'clock. We can go a little bit after, but we want to keep moving along here. we got two more races left. The turf. Um, I'm going to just say flat out, and, and I didn't – I'm going mean, to give me a second to switch over here. I usually have a very strong opinion in this race. And, and it's usually with Euros, and it's going to be with Euros again. I have no effing clue which Euros going to win this race, and I think it's going to be a Euro. I have negatives on, like, every top Euro in this race. These are not the top Euros, by the way, either, by any stretch, as of to, as of right now. If Adayar had come over, I think he would have been 6-5 to five and been really tough to beat, but he didn't. It's a Breeders' Cup turf. It's $4 million. They're going a mile and a half. It's three turns. Let me bring this up real quick. Three turns. There you can see right here. You guys see my arrow there and the and the and the purple. They start uh, middle of the back stretch. It's not a long run to the first turn, but I wouldn't say it's um, real short either. Uh, sorry, oh, I switched all the wrong thing. All right, big field. Here it is right here. Scrolling it down. We all know the horses by now. Moyline favorite is the number three Rebels Romance for Charles Appleby. And James Doyle as the other Appleby and the second choice, William Buick, who most people think would be on the better horse, goes with Nation's Pride, which just effed me up even more because I liked Rebels Romance more. So that just confused me more, guys. I don't know how you felt. 
Paul, we're going to let you go first. Paul, you've got 7-5-2. You are going with uh, Nation's Pride for Buick and uh, Appleby. Yeah, and I, and I think that's a factor. And, you know, Davey talked about it extensively on your excellent uh, show you did with him. This was one of the races where I believe, if I recall, he said, see where, see which one Buick lands on. And, uh, you know, I've seen this horse run, uh, you know, and those might not have been the strongest fields. You know, again, it's a Euro, except this horse has been in America since July. Came here for the race at Belmont. Uh, and it's not unlike them to ship back and forth, even a month in between. Aiden O'Brien does it routinely. But this horse has been in New York uh, and then now Kentucky. He's been here since July. Uh, I think he has good turn of foot uh, as far as being a, a, a three-year-old, eight-year-old, old 3 year olds have won this race. Uh, so one thing I, Howard, I'm not positive who's going to win. I'm about as positive as I can be. It's going to be a Euro. There's six of them. I think it's going to be one of them. I would be shocked if a U.S. horse won this race. I agree. I, I, I agree. I, I, I'm against uh, Warlike Goddess. It looks like most of us don't think Warlike Goddess is going to win, although Chad's got her in second. Pete, I'm so proud of you, man. You went with my son, and I, I'll talk about Mishriff in a minute. Um, this is a very soft pick for me. I'll let you talk about Mishriff first. By the way, Chad, I don't know if you know this. Mishriff has got blinkers on in this race. First time of his career in his final start. Have you ever heard of that? For horse that's won $15.8 million. I think Crazy. a lot of people would see that as a negative. I'm not sure it really matters much, but it is fascinating. Uh, Pete, your thoughts with Mishriff, who has been inconsistent, I would say, lately. Horrible race last time, but that was a really soft turf course. I mean, that's that's what I'm looking at. I mean, Mishriff is the, as far as career goes, Mishriff is the class by far of this yeah. race and has done yeah. the most worldwide and has sort of danced every dance and has been successful, obviously, with the 15 million sort of explains that. But <laughs> I just think this one, those last two, like you said, the last two were on soft. Before that, I mean, you see, loses to Baid, loses to Pile Driver, and the, the arc winner to Tasso Tasso yeah. yeah. um, uses the one before that to Vidini. So it's, and then the one before that was on the, the Saudi dirt. So you can, you can maybe toss that one as well. That's a weird track. So it's this one, it's running against the top as top as you get coming over here. This is probably the lightest field in terms of top yeah. end ability that this horse has faced. Now, if this horse is just on the, it's the last race, he's had a long career. He's run a ton of races. He's traveled all over. If he's just not what he was fine, but I'm going to take him at a decent price to have the most talented, you know, most probably most talented in terms of overall career in the race. I'll take that every time, especially if we get, hopefully this one even floats up a bit because they see that 13th and by 18 and maybe it floats up and, and they go warlike goddess takes all the money because of the story. Yeah. Uh, I got, I've talked about the source for 30 seconds guys in January of 2021, very end. I started this podcast uh, at the very beginning of last year. One of the, and I actually, started my journey chat on Twitter. I had been on Twitter until early last year. I was, I was one of those curmudgeons. I'm like, what's Twitter? Who cares? Right. I'm a little <laughs> behind the times chat. I jump on Twitter two weeks into my Twitter journey. I, I tweet out, I think Mishriff is fascinating in the Saudi cup. Um, and I had a lot of reasons for it. I was, I got lucky. I was fortunate enough to win. He beats, 
you know, really good horses that day, obviously, and at, at a big price. And Matt Bernier um, sort of uh, followed, you know, was following me at that point because he knew me through his show. Long story short, Mishriff is like the first horse that I, famous is a ridiculous line, but sort of made me known in Twitter universe and to the national <laughs> public, other than being on Matt Bernier's show three times. And so people got to know me a little bit through that. But, you know, one, Matt, I want to pre, I really, I know this sounds ridiculous, but I do want to thank Matt Bernier for pointing out that I had, that I, that I tweeted out that I liked Mishriff and he, you know, he f- started following me and I got, he has a big following. And so Mishriff mm-hmm. is my, one of my sons, Chad. Uh, he's in my family. I love this horse. Here's my one point, and then we're going to go to you, Paul. Um, I'm sorry, we're going to go to you, Chad. Don't you think John Gosden uh, and would not send this horse over if he couldn't run? I mean, why embarrass this horse in the last race of his career and put Detori on him if this horse still can't run? I will say a mile and a quarter is a little better for him. And a mile and a half, not quite as good. You've got this horse out of the money, uh, Chad, and I totally get it. I don't know if this horse can can win this race, but just in general, doesn't the vibe that he he's giving this horse a chance tell you this horse can still run or no? Yeah, I'm just a little concerned. Like you said, it's been a long year. This horse has this is five races in three months. I mean, he didn't start off yeah. this year. It's Dance just a lot of five dances. five races in three months. Talent year throwing the blinkers on seems like a hell mary pass to me. Why was he thirty three to one in that last race with William Buick on in a Group One? He was thirty three to one. Well, the arc. I, I, I can answer. Do you want me to? We can move yeah, on. I can answer yeah, that a little bit. I was curious. I was curious. Well, he he doesn't launch soft, and yeah. it was it was the arc, and the mile and a half is not his best distance. And so I think there were, that does seem a little high, but there are a lot of things working against him is all I'm saying. So, uh, I mean, at my point, so I don't think they wanted him to go out on that note. So, okay, Gosling's probably like, we can't let him go out on that. He's got to run I better see. if we bring him to the, you know. Let's okay. just bring him to the states. He's try. He travels well. Let's bring him over there. I, I agree with. I, let's not let him go out. You know, okay. with a thirteenth place finish. I, I just he's the one I could poke holes in the most out of the Euros, okay. which is why I left him off. Uh, talk about Rebels Romance real quick, Chad. I, I just think this. I just think this race is. I think one of three horses is going to win. I I don't think. And unlike the mile, where I, I think it's more wide open, as you can maybe find a price. I think one of the winners is going to be one of the two Applebee's or Warlike Goddess to me. I think one of those three wins. I'm not going any deeper than those three. Well, so you you really think Warlike Goddess can win this race? I think she has a shot. I mean, I I, I like okay. the horse. I, I think you know she she likes Keeneland and she just she she makes her run and she's tough when she makes her run. Well, if I mean this is the race where she could win because the Euros are just nothing special for me. Last thing I want to say, guys, we're going to move on uh, to the classic. Davey Lane, I want to be real clear, Pete and Paul, because I've talked to Davey a little more than you guys have, like off the or whatever. He did say that it's important who William Buick's on. He's also told me uh, on the record and off the record that he just thinks Rebels Romance is a better horse. That you watch our show, he said it. This yeah. horse has been pointing to this race all along. Don't discount the German form. Pete, you mentioned Torquedor Tasso. He came from Germany and then won the arc. So people sort of poo poo German form. They shouldn't. And James Doyle can ride. I, I I can't. I just can't get over how slow Nations Pride looks on paper. And the, okay, he won here. He beat. Eh? Okay, he beat Annapolis two back. But that last race, he beat you and I in a horse who could have finished third in that race. I mean, that was a bad race field. I just. I don't know, guys. I just somehow I don't feel like 
that Buick taking Nations Pride matters as much in this race. I don't know why. It's just a gut feeling. Chad? Third graph don't like him that much. He's run three straight four and a halves. Nations now, Pride. A, a four and a half won't get it done in this race. What about Rebels Romance? Rebels Romance. If you don't mind, Chad. Yeah, three, Rebels Romance. Two? two and a half. The last three times, two and a half. Tell people, uh, generally speaking, we don't talk the lower, about the lower numbers that much. Better. Yeah, the lower numbers. Not only better. that, one one point, about how many lengths thoroughgrass would you say, Chad? Oh, jeez. Um, Ballpark, two? A little more than that. Yeah, probably like Okay, people, okay. Yeah, I just that. want to tell people at home they don't know what we're talking about, possibly. So, all right, guys, let's go on the last way. Do we need to bring up the PPs for the Classic? I mean, is it even really necessary? <laughs> probably not, but I'll, I'll tell you, I'll show the – you know what, guys? I'm going to show the field, and I think – then we'll just talk on air like this because I don't think we need unless unless there's a PP we got to bring up. I, I we know these sources. We don't really need to talk about it. Let me go ahead and bring up though the classic right now. I mean, what a race! This is going to be an unbelievable race. Let me bring up our banners also. Did anyone pick against Flightline? Let's see. Uh, oh, Paul Halloran has some cojones. Wow, Paul. Had a boy, Paul. Had a boy, Paul. Paul's gonna have to go first. Hold on, guys. Sorry. Uh, my bad. Paul's going to go first for sure, guys. We got to let him talk first. Um, all right. The classic right here, guys. Up, oh, yep, right here. Here's the classic. What is there to say? Six million dollars on the line. A small field, a select field, a mile and a quarter on the dirt. They have the whole length and stretch to the first turn. There's the field right there. We get them all. More line favorite. No surprise. The absolute monster, undefeated flight line. He's, I think, five for five, if I recall. He's three to five in the morning line. Sadler and Pratt. We got to go with our buddy Paul Halloran. Paul, we're going on screen. We're going full screen. Hey, hey, Paul, he put the six on the scroll, not the eight for you. I think you meant the eight, right, Rich Strike? Oh, wait, you, sorry. Did I he yeah. put the wrong number up for you? Sorry about that. That, that would definitely be the wrong number. <laughs> Folks, correct. please comment in the chat. It's the last race. We are going to talk about the pick five real quick also. Thanks for staying with us. We know it's late out east. Thanks for so be one of those written. races, Pete, where the horse runs the same as his program number. <laughs> hey, I, I won one of those bets already on with uh, uh wow. with, with one of our one of our viewers. So I'll take right. that one. <laughs> Paul, tell us why Epicenter is gonna upset Flight Line and win the twenty twenty two Viewers Cup Classic. Well, I was looking at three potential horses who could beat him. Although, you know, my guy Hut Rod Charlie, I I always default to, but never seems to get it done. But anyway, uh I don't like the fact that life is good drew inside of him. Although I think it would be a mistake to underestimate life is good. I don't love the fact that Tabor's on the rail uh, is going to be in first. The, the horse is a little bit of a psycho. Um, he did run on Smith did have him on the rail at, at the Pennsylvania Derby until the turn. And that was not the place to be that day. The rail was really not the place to be. So I defaulted to, if I'm trying to beat them, which I was trying to beat them, uh, the three-year-olds in this race are outstanding. 13 wins, 15 seconds, 12 thirds. Uh, I think of the three horses that I thought had the best shot to beat them. Epicenter, uh, sitting outside of all of them. Uh, I think the horses had a tremendous campaign. Three-year-olds, as I said, do very well in this race. Uh, I get it. Flight line might be the next coming of Pegasus. I understand, but uh, he is very lightly raced. Uh, you, uh, Howard, I think you've said it. 
for better or worse, he's never really had to look anyone in the eye in the stretch, mainly because he's been in front of him. I understand. Uh, <laughs> yeah. He is an A. I'm not stupid. He is an A, but I am uh, epicenter will also be an A for me. So there. Uh, he's. I, I love this horse. I love everything about this horse. Chad, uh, I want to, I'll thank you probably another time before we end, but I want to thank you for coming on and, and uh, you've been awesome tonight. You are not messing around with flight line, Chad, you've been around a while. We've all been around, you know, this game quite a while. I, it's been a long time since we've seen a horse like this. I think the tactics in this race are going to tell the story to me, Chad, it all boils down to one thing. How quickly will flight line, if he does at all, which we think he will goes by life is good on the turn. How much resistance will life is good give to flight line? Because life is good is very good and can be real, real good at times. And if Flightline has to fight, as Paul said, we've talked about in the show, Flightline's never have to really fight a horse for a long time. As good as he is, and I love this horse, and we all, well, I'm not sure about Paul, but we all love this horse in general. He has never faced anyone, Chad, remotely close to life is good. I'm fully convinced of that. I mean, the only thing surprising about Flightline is he's not trained by Bob Baffert. You know, I mean, I agree. I mean, that's the only thing really surprising. I mean, the horse is phenomenal. I, I just, there's the always, you know, horse players want to be cynical and try to beat the favorite. I don't think this is the favorite you could beat. I think he's going to swallow up life as good whenever he wants. I mean, it's just, you know, he's hard to poke holes in and he's just, you know, I, there's nothing good. Look, Epicenter is one of my favorite horses. Uh, one of the first pods we did, I told you, you can single Epicenter in the Louisiana. You did. I, I said that this horse ain't gonna. He's not gonna lose the Louisiana Derby. He wasn't losing that. I should have. I should have pulled up that video. Sorry, Chad. Yeah, a little busy week. <laughs> I said I could. You could single epicenter in the Louisiana Derby and go you home. Did. Go home you happy. Did. So I mean, look, epicenter is a nice horse, but I don't know if he's in the same stratosphere with Flightline. Um, my you only got other... hot ride, Charlie Second. I love it. You got Charlie Second. So two reasons. One is if Flightline's another world away and they're fighting for second, hot ride Charlie will fight. He, he will fights. fight you. He will fight you to the wire, and if if they can't see flight line and he's there, he's six seven in front. How do I, Charlie? Might think he's in a race with other horses right by him, and he'll fight you to the wire. And if I get 15, 20 to one, he's gonna be my key under fight uh, under flight line for like interesting that that you know one of those trifectas where it's a twenty dollar trifecta flight line, how do I, Charlie, and then four or five horses for third. Um, wow. I think that's how I can make money in the race is using how do I, Charlie for second. Okay, I like it. It's creative. Uh, Pete, you've got Taba. I know you've been a big Taba fan for quite a while, especially recently. I mean, he ran unbelievable in the Pennsylvania Derby that uh, Paul was at. He won by three. He did everything well. He took dirt well, which he hadn't done in the Haskell. He's been working well. It's Baffert. You're going to get Baffert, uh, Pete, at some around, you know, six, seven, eight to one in the biggest race of the year out of the Derby with Money Mike Smith. I mean, if you believe in this horse, uh, this is probably a big bet for a lot of people. Yeah, and I think the biggest reason for me is this one is still on the up and up, on the up and coming. So I think this one still has improving to do, whereas most of the yeah. other horses in the race, we sort of know what they are. Um, I guess Epicenter still maybe has another gear, but that might have been last race when he kicked into that, what his next gear would be. And I think Taba still has the ability. I mean, I think the Derby's a cross-off. I think it just might have been too much too soon. 
the Haskell two back, I just thought was he was I thought he was the best horse in the race and just didn't, you know, didn't get the best ride and, and it didn't just work out. But I think he finally put it all together in the Pennsylvania Derby. And again, I don't think he's beating flight line necessarily, but I think if a horse is going to, to me, it's either Tabor or Epicenter, and that's it. I don't think any other horse in the race can beat him. And I like Tabor's potential for improvement a little bit more than I like Epicenter's. So pretty simple for me. I I, I think thrills can improve. I am going to – and we've talked about it all night. I'm betting against Tabor in this race. Um, I, I don't know about the rail with Tabor. I know it's a long stretch. I just uh, – I, I – that the Pennsylvania Derby, you know, we talked about Cyberknife. He didn't really fire. Zandon's been ah. Eh. I don't know if it was the strongest race. He ran great, and he might run very well. I'm just not a big fan of Mike Smith anymore. I I think that's part of it for me. And I just love Epicenter. I he, this horse always runs. Here's the last thing I'll say about this race. We talked about this guys a few nights ago on the uh, show without you, Pete, on Halloween. In my opinion, Chad, I think Joel's going to take a little bit further back on Epicenter than he has. He's shown that this horse has shown that he can close. And I think if you want to win this race or get almost close to the play line, you got to come a little bit further back, which is why I don't like Hot Rod Charlie in this spot. And I've been a fan of Hot Rod Charlie all along. In fact, in the BCBC last year, Chad, it was part of my $13,000 bet. I had him to win. I had him exact. I had him all over the place. And he sort of disappointed me. I don't think you, if you're close to the pace, that's not going to work well for you in this race, in my opinion. That's why I like episode more than Taba. I think Smith is going to put Taba in the game a little more, which I think is bad in the situation. I think Joel's going to be instructed to take back a little bit and come with that real nice run, like mid pack and sort of, you know, be four or five lengths off of flight line when he makes his move. And I think, Epicenter has a legit shot to win this race, but I'm picking Flyline on top. And guys, last thing I'll say before we show our pick five, if I'm out of the BCBC and everything's gone to hell and I'm like, all my bets are crashed, I hope Flyline wins by 10. I will be cheering like a knucklehead, you know, somewhere, you know, hope, you know, on, in the grandstand or wherever I'm going to be outside watching this super special animal. I would love to see this horse just run off the screen and, and be a lifetime of a horse and just be something that we've never seen just from a fan perspective, guys. I, it, that would be unbelievable. All right. There you go, guys. There's our Saturday. Let's talk about the pick fives. Don't go anywhere, folks. We're going to do this pretty quickly, guys. What I'm going to respectfully ask you guys is when I bring the pick five up on the screen, I'll read the numbers, take literally 30 seconds on why you constructed it, and then we're going to end the show. Chad, we're going to let you go first. Uh, the pick five, again, this pick five, Chad's got nine with two, four, five, six, seven, eight, thirteen, fourteen, with one, four, six, eight, with two, five, seven, with four, five. So Chad in a caveman situation would double his money with epicenter on the end, which would obviously raise the pick five tremendously. Chad, quick thoughts on your construction. Yeah, it's hot right, Charlie, at the end, but to just I agree with you. I think that the downfall of epicenter is how many horses in the classic is just happy to run second. Steve Asmussen won't be happy to run second. Steve Asmussen will try to beat him with Epicenter. That could be the downfall of Epicenter because you got Hot Rod Charlie. Some of those that will just be happy to run second where I think Steve will be, I'm going after him. I'm going to try to win this race. And then he fades. You know, like he just puts all it in, tries to get flight line, and he's got nothing left. That's my thinking there. Otherwise, I love Epicenter. In the caveman situation, I did use the five at the end. I wouldn't really. I think you could almost get away with about a $40, $50 play if you single Jackie's, Jackie's Warrior in single flight line. You know, my first thing I did was $31. 
and I was like, I can hit this as many times as I you know as you want. But um, you know, so I did. I kind of spread out just to get to that hundred. But to me, it's a single on the end, single on the beginning. Find some bombs in between and, and see what happens. You're the now the race you're spreading. That's the mile, right? That's the uh, mile. Yeah, that's the mile. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, there's Chad's ticket. Everyone write down, or you can watch the show again if you uh, believe in, in Chad and his uh, ticket. Let's go next to uh, Pete. Pete, your ticket. We all got nine on top. Uh, nine. Pete's got nine with four, eleven, thirteen, fourteen, with one, four, six, eight, with two, five, seven, eleven, and again too deep in the classic one for Heating's table could upset 64 bucks beat. Yeah. I mean, I think Jackie's is, is sort of the obvious single. I assume we're all maybe going to have, I do. I, I like a little shorter in the mile. I'm not as I'm not, I, I like the top choices. I like the horses that I have at the top. And I think those are the best ones. I threw Taba in for the purposes of this ticket for more of a caveman structure, but on my, on my ABC style, I only have three horses and I have flight line as an A and epicenter and, and Taba as a B. And I was just going to leave it at that. And then again, the same thing. I mean, I went a little too deep in the distaff, but again, for the purposes of this ticket, I put in Clary Air, Nest, and Malathot along with Society. We didn't really talk much about Society, but I thought that was the only horse that I thought could get away and maybe get in with a price. So nothing too complicated. Again, I would probably single, sort of what Chad said, I would sort of single flight line at the end of this um, on my betting ticket. But for this purpose, I just wanted to say that I thought Taba was the only one out of him and Epicenter. I like those two potentially to win, but I like Taba a little bit more. We got a big fan. I don't know who this is, but thank you for LJ. LJ, maybe LJ. Thanks for joining the show. I, I want to, you know, make sure we highlight our, especially our new uh, viewers. Please don't be a stranger. Wow, loves life is good. Loves life is good. And and we we gave life is good a little bit short shrift, guys. To be honest, I mean, um, does anyone really quick want to talk about life is good? We should have. I mean, it's just he's just going to fold. Is that our thought here, guys? No, I don't think so. No. He's the only like one on paper in, in, in the stratosphere, numbers wise on thoroughgraph. He's he's run a negative five and three quarter, which is really good. Now, oh flight line the negative. Wait, what a third, what what third, what did flight line get in the Pacific Classic thoroughgraph? Negative eight and a half. Oh my! God. <laughs> hey guys, if you don't, I mean, like That's negative insane. like four, and like negative like two or three is insane. That have you? I, I've never seen that low a number, Chad. Yeah, thoroughgraph. Let me just run it. I'll write it down real quick. And his last four thoroughgraph numbers are negative eight and a half, negative four, negative five, negative five. (laughs) That's ridiculous. Again, if you're not familiar with thoroughgraph, well, just look at the buyer. I mean, the source is insane. Anyway, um, all right. Pete, uh, Pete Thomas, Paul, your pick five. Paul's pick five, nine with three, four, five, eight, 13, 14. With one six, with two five seven eleven, again another one that's going too deep in the classic on this structure. Four six, you really believe epicenter is epicenter an A for you also, uh, Paul, or just a, a hard a good B? I I'm gonna I think I'm gonna as long as I'm not broke by then I think he's gonna be an A. I, I, you know, okay. I want to be able to hit it if flight line uh, stubs his toe. And that ninety six is for a dollar, Howard. It's only a forty eight dollar play for fifty. Thank you cents. for clarifying. Okay, all right. So yeah, good. single Jackie, uh, like everyone else, spreading in that second leg. I went. I said I would go with the two Todds, 
Uh, in yep. the uh, turf, I have the three logical Euro- that I think of the three logicals. I yep. did put Wildlife Goddess in, but the more I look at Wildlife Goddess, the more I think she's beaten really nothing. And and then I'm uh, I'm in case I, I have two on the end. Okay. Uh, my pick five, it's $96. Again, we're all playing ABC tickets mainly. Here's my pick five. I have to single Jackie on top. So I'm going nine with one, three, nine, 11, 13, 14. I got that 14. I got domestic spending in there for you, Pete. Thank with you. With one, four, six, eight, with two, five, seven, 11. I agree with you. And this situation, this kind of ticket, Paul, I'm going to use epicenter equally. Although I don't think he has an equal chance to win, right. but in this situation, four six on the end, guys. I think the mile is deep. I'm I'm a little against Annapolis. I just think he's gonna be everyone's like buzz horse, and you're not gonna get the price. And I'm just I'm 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 going main euros, including Pogo and including Malavath in there. By the way, also the nine I talked about. I'm going with the logicals in the turf. I'm going. I'm adding society in. With the other three logicals, in my opinion, in the disaf, just in case it's speed favoring, she gets loose, and I'm four six on the end. Uh, that is a fifty cent uh, play, um, Janet. Yeah, it, it's going to be special, guys. It's been an unbelievable show. I can't thank Pete Paul again for your efforts, Chad. You just spent two hours and fifteen minutes with the outside. I know you loved every minute. Of, we'd like to you know, wish your family well. We want to wish you well. For the Breeders' Cup, Chad, any, I'm going to let you close it, Chad. Any final thoughts for the betters out there, specifically for Saturday's races? Don't waste it all on Friday. <laughs> save, <laughs> save, save some of it for Saturday. Don't waste it all on Friday. Although Friday's a great card. What don't, a killjoy, Chad. What a killjoy. Don't get, like, don't get carried away on Friday, man. Have some have some bullets in your holster for Saturday because it's going to be a hell of a day. Hell of a day. It's always fun. And like I said, it's great joining you guys. I really appreciate the invite, Howard. And, Hopefully, uh, you know, you guys ever come down for the wintertime at Fairgrounds. We'll have a good time. Absolutely. I'd love to. I, I've never yeah. been there. I'd love to. And for all of you viewers and listeners, I will be at Keeneland. Send me a direct message on Twitter. Maybe we can have a beverage, uh, have, have a bourbon, uh, you know, whatever. Have a, the bread pudding. The bread pudding at Keeneland, the best dessert at any track by far. It's absolutely insane. <laughs> If you've never been to Keelan, and that sounds silly, check out the bread pudding. But anyway, I'd love to meet people there. Guys, I've, I, I'll close with this last thought. Um, it's been incredible two weeks. I've made a very firm decision in my head. I could get my ass kicked in this weekend, right? We all could. We've handicapped our brains out. It's still going to come down to trip and luck and blah, blah, blah. I am going to insist I have a great time this weekend, no matter win or lose. The horse flesh is unbelievable. Guys, I'm sitting with uh, Peter Thomas Forentel. Nick Tamro, my good friends, Matt Miller, Brad Anderson, Kyle Roscoe, and Drew Coatney. We're all sitting at the same table for two days. I mean, you can't make it about your wallet in that situation on this kind of weekend. So I look forward to it, guys. I wish everyone, we all wish everyone, to crush your Breeders' Cup bets on Saturday, on Friday. Thanks for watching the HHH Racing Podcast for all these special races. Good luck in the 2022 Breeders' Cup. Have a great night. Bye-bye.